Well, here we go, Ash. We've we've managed to get one in before February's end. <laughs> yeah. Um, what are we going to be talking about, though? Is not, what? Is, there, is, there, is, there, is, there, is there? I don't think there's not a lot to talk about, is there? There's always something to talk about in the wacky world of professional wrestling, and that is exactly what we are here for today. Everybody, welcome to the Pro Wrestling Roll-Up. This is a TMOF wrestling podcast. We are going to go through a few bits today uh, to close out February, so we're probably just going to go through the, the month's worth of... Day by day, hour by hour, so get, <laughs> get ready. Yeah, let's have a look. Let's see what we've got. There is quite a bit to sort of go through, so... Uh, before we begin, first of all, introduce ourselves for any new listeners out there. Yeah, a bit of a weird um, episode to start on for your first episode, but I'm Ash. And I'm Russ. Well, why is it a weird episode? They could have jumped in at any point. Uh, I would have thought you'd start at number one, wouldn't you? <laughs> well, that's a good point. Maybe you should... Actually, I don't know. I mean, we're, we're, we're not great now, but let alone <laughs> when we first started out. Um, God. But yeah, yes, yeah, so we're getting there. This is somewhere we're somewhere in the seventies now. Seventy-seven. Yeah, so it's probably something like that. <laughs> Time flies. But yes, everybody, welcome to the show. And if you are a new listener, thank you very much for joining. We hope you're going to enjoy the show. And to our returning listeners, thank you very much for your continued support. Um, let's go through. I think probably first place to start. Ash, uh, this month we had unfortunate news of. Legendary wrestling promoter Jerry Jarrett mm. passed away on Valentine's Day. Um, he was the age of 80. Yeah. So, in a weird way, it's, it's, uh, it's always unfortunate to hear of somebody's passing, but I think too often, more often than not in wrestling, you hear of people dying prematurely. Yeah, a lot. So, you know, this one, um, as, as unfortunate as it is, glad that... It's it's not one of those cases, but yeah, Jerry Jarrett passing away. Sad news. Born September fourth, nineteen forty two. Um, what's your sort of knowledge on Jerry Jarrett? Because I, I sort of knew his his stuff with like he did some stuff with Lawler. Yeah, um, I know I know the Memphis stuff. I know he's uh, Jeff Jarrett's dad. Um, I'm pretty sure he was. If Vince had gone in for steroids, he would have been the guy that would have taken over. Is that is that right? I think that was Jerry Jarrett was going to take over WWE if uh, Vince had been busted for steroids. But um, I think he did help uh, start TNA with uh, Jeff. Yes. Yeah, because I think the the initial... Because I think there was a little bit of... uh, Because I don't think Jerry was necessarily too into the idea of the X Division and that style. At the beginning, uh, yeah, because yeah, I don't think in in Jeff Jarrett's words, it was him that sort of really pushed for that. Yeah, but, I don't know about him being. I don't know more about. I don't know about his wrestling career. I just know more as a promoter than he is anything else. Well, yeah, I mean, he's he's going to be. He's remembered more as a businessman. Yeah, in the world of professional wrestling, but um, he started as a referee in the nineteen sixties. Wow, isn't it funny how many of like the people like Jeff uh, Jared Jarrett, Jim Ross. Um, you also have like Teddy Long starting off as referees. There's a lot of people starting out as refs, isn't there? Yeah, yeah. Teddy Long's probably one of the most famous ones for it. Um, it's it's strange though how some referees kind of go under the radar. I think in more recent years that sort of happened when WWE had put the the ban. I guess should we call it the ban when they put the ban on not having 
referee names mm. being said on on the broadcast, uh, which they've gone back from now. Now they are. Oh, yeah, they definitely do it now. Yeah. So, but obviously we had a long period of time where they didn't. So that's probably another reason. But yeah, you know, I think um, in terms of the rest of it, he's, he's so well, very rightly so. But he's associated with uh, NWA. Um, where he won the NWA Mid-America Tag Team Championship. Uh, he did that the one time. The NWA World Tag Team Championship. Um, and the NWA Southern Tag Team Championship. And he won that an astonishing ten times. Nice, nice. Ten times. Um, yeah, a lot a lot in NWA. Uh, amongst other championships, he'd won uh, also in NWA and for other promotions. But, uh, yeah, I think the wrestling career as a whole really sort of spans from mostly the 70s and I think slightly into the early 80s. So that is Jerry Jarrett. Um, Obviously our condolences and our thoughts with the family. Um, It's never nice to hear that sort of news. No, definitely not. Uh, We'll probably go next. Now we're going to keep with the light tone. Yeah, great. We'll talk about Jerry Lawler. Mm. What happened there? Ah, he had a stroke had a stroke and that was it was really cryptic when all this was found out I'm going to bring up some information now but yeah because all I know I just know he was I've read about him being hospitalised and thought he has another heart attack again has he or well even before that though um, it was I can't remember who put it up it was one of the one of the wrestlers uh, put up on Twitter can't say too much right now but um praying for Jerry or something mm. like that. It was something along those lines, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. So it was super cryptic, and it, it makes you automatically just assume the worst. Um, but yes, which is not good. I think as of right now, he is home. I think he has been released so. from hospital now. Uh, but this was sort of more earlier in the month, wasn't it? So 73 years old is Jerry Lawler currently. Uh, but yeah, the what happened was he was treated in the intensive care unit. Uh, at a hospital in Fort Myers in Florida. On the 6th of February 2023, he suffered, I guess, what was the stroke then that landed him into an ICU. Uh, but yeah, I think he did go home late, well, at the end of that week on the Friday. Yeah, yeah. I know Jim, Jim Ross had been talking to him and this the speech wasn't brilliant, but he could uh, understand what you were saying. Mm. That's the worst part. I think that's one of the worst things about strokes is uh, the ability of speech is not great. Afterwards. It affects the brain, doesn't it? Yeah. I mean, it's, it is the brain. So, you know, it's, it's super unfortunate, obviously. Um, it's it's one of those things where sometimes even if you come out of the other end of it, it can have massive life-changing um, consequences. Yeah. So, oh, well, speedy the speediest of recoveries to Jerry Lawler. Mm. Um, for that one, and hopefully he's he's rested up, and well, that's that's all he can do, isn't it? Yeah. Um, was it like ten years after the heart attack as well? Is that ten years? Has that been ten years already? Like twenty twelve, twenty thirteen, around that time. <sighs> that is mad to think, isn't yeah. it? Because I I'll always remember mad. I always remember it because um, I was working. I did work like so. I was really tired watching. I used to watch Raw a lot. And I got really tired, so I had a little little nap, about an hour. Mm-hmm. And then um, to see Michael Cole saying, Joey Lawler's um, had a heart attack. I'm thinking, what? On air as well. Yeah. Mad, mad. It was like, it's, what's going on? And then obviously there was like no commentary. 
for like the rest of the show until Michael Cole kept making, doing updates near the end. So, yeah, that's crazy the thing, isn't it? Yeah, it's mad. That is, it's mad that it's been that long as well. Crazy. Mm. Well, let's move into um, some big bulks of, of what's happened in the world of professional wrestling throughout February. Well, I think we should probably start, Ash, with the Elimination Chamber. Yes, we should. Premium live event from WWE held from Montreal. Yeah, um, hot crowd. That's an understatement. Mm. That's putting it lightly. Um, well, I'm not. I'm, I'm not unbiased, so that's why. <laughs> oh yeah, we'll have to talk about Ariel, won't we? Um, yeah, Little Mermaid trailer is not good. <laughs> yeah, this was uh, well a big, big event. Uh, and even bigger probably than a lot of people would have anticipated. So from the Bell Centre in Montreal, Quebec, Canada, uh, the press release, WWE confirmed that the premium live event uh, is the highest grossing and most viewed Elimination Chamber show in the company's history. I want to say that's not a big surprise, but... I suppose it is and it isn't. I mean... (sighs) think back to how many Elimination Chambers there's been now so not the match type but since it became a show when did that start that was 2010 2010 yeah so this is the 13th year consecutively of Elimination Chamber pay-per-views was there a year they didn't do it I don't recall a year they didn't do it no because they've done at least an an Elimination Chamber every year because I think I think they were going to drop Elimination Chamber for one year Mm. but then they didn't and then they it. just didn't do it yeah well those sort of rumours have circulated for a long time for other shows I mean the the rumours pops up a few times about Survivor Series doesn't it, it? Is, yeah. yeah can you imagine if Wrestlemania like, had not failed it had failed like two years in a row what early days yeah, yeah it'd be interesting to see if we'd still have it but yeah Elimination Chamber is obviously it's not one of the big four um, it's never really been one of those that's uh, oddly it's never really been one of those that's been sort of like the most anticipated show, I would say, for the mm. rest for the WWE calendar year. But no, which it's... is strange considering the match type is so unique. Because obviously they used to do. Because the thing was, Chamber the Chamber match was No Way Out, which was like the the in between Rumble and Mania for, for a few years, and then they made it a side pay per view, which was also between Rumble and Mania for a bit, and then they've done it in like mid or the year a couple of times. Yeah, it's chopped and changed. Mm. Um, more often than not, now we're seeing it on the uh, the road to WrestleMania. Pretty much the last or second to last stop to WrestleMania itself this year. It is the last stop before WrestleMania. So uh, the, the thing is, though, I suppose it's it's surprising. It's not surprising in the sense that can you recall any Elimination Chamber uh, premium live event that had such a big build to it? Like, can you recall really big main event matches that weren't to do with the chamber itself? I want to say he's seen uh, Kevin Owens with Kevin Owens' pay- pay-per-view debut, but I don't think that was considered much at the time. No, no. That's, that's the only match I can think of where I'll go, apart from the chamber, this is like a big deal because it was NXT champions against the US champion. And I think a big part of it is because of where it is situated, because it's in that kind of... That sandwich between the Rumble and Mania, mm. which are the two of the biggest shows of the WWE calendar year, uh, Chambered is kind of lost in the shuffle a little bit. And I, th- I think that's probably what's done it. Because No Way Out, I always thought, was like that. And if you think back to the 
I think arguably the, the biggest no way out moment of all time has got to be Eddie winning the title, hasn't it? From Brock. It's got to be. In, in ring wrestling match type, yeah, but you, I would have said uh, Mayweather, Big Show. Also also be up there as like a moment because it would build up to... the thing, Yeah, but I think the thing with that is is that th- the moment is overshadowed by the match that happens at Mania. I guess. So if you're going to talk about Big Show and Mayweather, then you're going to talk about Mania 24, which which was a really entertaining match. It is. That made it... I think that was the reason why 24 was off the network for a little bit. Yeah, I think it was. But, um, you know, yeah, obviously it kind of... That all originates from No Way Out in 2008, but I wouldn't say it stands test time. Whereas, you know, you've got No Way Out from 2004... Eddie winning the title there, actually, you know, something coming to fruition. Yeah, I guess so. I, I think that's that's what takes it. But Chambers never really had that so much. And I think it could have, it could have, yeah, if they'd, if they'd have pulled the trigger on Sammy. And I know there's a lot of different opinions on how that could have gone down. Let's go through the show itself. Um, we'll get our thoughts on it. You First of all, go and get it out of the way with. Yeah, I won predictions, motherfucker. You did, you did, you did. <laughs> That means though we're overall right now we are level. Yes, yeah, because we I, are. Yeah, I don't know. I don't. We are. I did. What I should have done is I should have stuck to my original pick of Austin Theory winning. Yeah, well, you should have. I should should have would have could have, but <laughs> I didn't. Um, also, I mean the rest are, I'd I'd have uh, at best I would have gotten away with a draw with that because I was certain I was adamant that um, Judgment Day would beat the Grit Couple. I was adamant, so you know, I'd have. I, I don't think I wouldn't have changed that. For me, I was like, "Oh yeah, that's definitely going to happen," and shows what I know. By the way, um, because we didn't watch it together this time, what was your reaction when <laughs> that happened? When you realised I'd won? Um, once I'd realised you'd won, I sighed. I looked out of the window longingly, and you know. If there was a violin playing somewhere, like you could have probably overlaid that with my mood. You know, looking out to the window, dark night, the rain is falling, just sadness, you know? It hasn't been raining, though. Um, it was in my soul, to be honest with you. But yeah. Not adrenaline. <laughs> Not adrenaline, no. We've got to wait a little bit longer to have a bit of adrenaline in ourselves. So, Elimination Chamber then. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll go through, as we say, match by match. We do kick off the show with an Elimination Chamber match. This one was the women's. So the number one contendership for the Raw Women's Championship. The winner would go on to face Bianca Belair in the title match at WrestleMania. So, um, this one we both got right. Yeah, because it kind of was an easy one to predict. I th- Well, I mean, I thought... So as well, just because it's Asuka was kind of the only one that's really having a big bit of momentum yeah. behind her. You if know. we predicted the order of eliminations, I think that would have been more difficult. That is, yeah, we are on a different level if we're going to start doing that. But um, yeah, this match though opens the show, clocks in at just under twenty minutes. Uh, Oscar does pick up the victory in this one. There's, um, I, I thought this was a pretty entertaining match. It is. Um, Liv Morgan is insane. I think Liv was a standout, I think, yeah. for this, yeah. And and just ask, obviously ask her in general, but, uh, you know, if you're going to take away one person that was like, oh, they really shone in that, then I think, yeah, I'd say Liv Morgan for this one. 
because I did not expect her to be eliminated that quickly. No, I was a little shocked. I thought then, she'd be either last or second to last. Yeah, I don't know what the plan is probably for Liv because. Uh, well, are they going to do a battle royal? Because I don't think they've done one for the women for like the last three or four years. Well, there's not really, but, but, but in time for WrestleMania, it's not going to happen. Because obviously now that it goes. Oh, you mean a battle royal at WrestleMania? Yeah, because you know how uh, they did the WrestleMania battle royal for a couple of years. So come out of one, I think. Um, I don't mind the battle royal on the pre-show. Well, they've done the Andre the Giant match on SmackDown for the last couple of years now, so they might definitely. What did they do for the pre? They didn't do a pre-show match like this last year, did they? <sighs> That's a good question. I don't think they did one. No. Mind you, I mean, with two nights now, you can't really... There's not really any excuse to not put a match on the on the card, is there? Well, yeah, considering <laughs> that we lost one match on day one. Well, yes, we Yeah, that was weird. But, uh, um, yeah. Um, and that went all of, like, three minutes on the, the second night anyway. Yeah. No, I liked this match. It was, it was entertaining. Uh, Raquel, I think, deserves a little bit of praise slapped on her, because... She was one of those as well. Like she was probably the only other person behind probably Oscar and maybe Liv, um, and maybe Carmella, and uh, maybe Ra- Nikki Cross. <laughs> no, so, Nikki Natalia. And no disrespect at all, but like Natalia, I couldn't see it at all. No, happening. I think the only reason she was there because it was Canada. Yeah, which is weird to say, really, because yeah. she is a great talent. But it's she just, is, and she doesn't get the. I don't think she gets the credit. She's probably one of those now that I. She's probably like, oh, she's a good hand, you know. Yeah. Like she's been in the business surprisingly for a lot, and that's not to call anyone old by any stretch because she's not. Two thousand and eight, I think her day WWE was. But that's crazy to it think about. Like it really is mad. There was a point when a woman's rate, a woman's run on WWE TV was probably like three, four years before they got. Yeah, Nat- Natalia must be the longest running women uh, woman that's that's currently still active, maybe ever. Maybe with, with, without any breaks as well because she's go, not left and come back no, or if you go by wrestling in general I think Mickey James is probably the longest maybe I might if be you add it all up potentially yeah Sweet D probably I don't know but, I don't, yeah but not active in no. ring behind the scenes yeah because she was a coach for a good number of years I think wasn't she yeah but uh, yeah no it was, it was entertaining but of course yeah Oscar wins this one it's going to be her and Bianca Belair at Wrestlemania which I think is going to be an absolute belter. Bianca Belair is Miss WrestleMania for me. At the minute she is, yeah. She's not in the marquee women's match. That one obviously does go to Rhea Ripley and Charlotte Flair, but as it should, I mean, Rhea won the Rumble. Yeah. And there's a good story that's been built there over the the last few years, and they'll do a good job of building that as it goes forwards. But yeah, this is also equally very good. I think that's two really strong women's matches we're going to see at Mania for the titles. Yeah. Uh, Hopefully we won't have to um, delete... uh, Delete. Someone from the uh, Mania, pack, uh, Mania package, like they will do for this year, because obviously they've taken Sasha Banks out of anything to do with Bianca and Mania Thirty Six. I yeah, which is or I mean, I don't think it would. It's not. It wouldn't hurt them to include uh, the now um, Mercedes Monet into a, a package, but obviously she has recently just won the IWGP Women's Championship. Yes, from Kyrie. So. Uh, and the, the the part of my brain that goes, isn't it brilliant that she wants to be in Japan, but the match is in America? But she wanted, <laughs> well, she won a Japanese bout, so that's good for her. Well, if you ask Booker T, she should also be speaking Japanese. Yeah, because she does a promo at the end with um, Akada, I think. She yeah, I saw that. 
So yeah, I don't know if he had. I don't know. The funny thing is, people like Okada must wrestle with like a lot of Americans, but we don't know how good his English is. No, but it doesn't need to be. It doesn't, it doesn't need, need to be. be. Like I think no... that's that's the problem, isn't it? No. I think because we're we're quite spoilt, really, being able to speak the English language as our mother tongue, just because we. Well, speak for yourself. <laughs> don't throw shade at me you can't string any sentence together no. but, um, two people that can't speak properly and we decided to do a podcast that's the funny thing like in Pride FC back in the uh, day like the, the biggest stars weren't the Japanese people it was all like the Americans the Russians Brazilians yeah it doesn't make a difference well that doesn't yeah but but the thing is with MMA it was it's a different selling point isn't it like in wrestling you kind of sell you're, you've got the match itself which is great but you need people to tune in and care about actually wanting to like buy a ticket tune into it etc way in advance right mm. and that's why like when you've got to build you'll have all of these promos and I guess like that's that's why it's such a big thing for you know if you're going to go to an American company like WWE that you're you, you speak English mm. but yeah, well, I guess we're just lucky with it because we we can sort of just go anywhere in the world, and we just you just sort of expect everybody to speak English, don't you? And it's yeah. you it, have, but it's not you just have that stereotypical English like uh, "Do you understand?" kind of thing. <laughs> yes, well, some people. Yeah, it's a bit. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, we're, we're just we're fortunate, really. But it's um, it is a strange thing to just expect other people to, and Japan don't need to. You know, no. they've got like um, absolutely everything that New Japan's one of the biggest companies in the world, wrestling wise. Yeah. Um, Plus, you've got someone who speaks Japanese that can translate on English commentary. Yeah, exactly. You know. And actually, and to be honest. I don't think you need to know, really, because you, you could probably watch a wrestling promo without the without subtitles or without sound, and you probably understand what's going on. I mean, when I watch Noah, like the the, uh, the, the sort of big shows that they do, obviously, they'll have the, the English commentary team there. Yeah. Usually, the good pairing of uh, Mark Pickering and Stu Fulton, but it's. You know, that's obviously really helpful for me to be able to, like, explain to me more things that I didn't already know. Like, and I find that commentary really good and, and entertaining and helpful. But at the same time, like, when you're watching the smaller ones, um, it's fine. Like, I don't, you know, like, I, I find myself just enjoying it visually. Like, I'm just, I'm, if anything, I'm paying more attention to what's on the screen just because yeah. I'm not having to listen to to the commentary so yeah it swings and roundabouts but it does it just doesn't make a difference I think more than anything we've gone off on a tangent with this but oh, yeah, we always do we always do we decided we was going to talk a little bit of shit on this one anyway yeah um, but more than anything I think it's more authentic when they do just speak their own language mm. that looked like that skit a few months back with Oscar and EO Sky yeah where they yeah, kind of went back at each other yeah, and calling each other bitches and things like yeah. that yeah even even like um, the SmackDown before Chamber when Sami Zayn calls Roman Reigns a motherfucker in in French, <laughs> in French, which is great. You gotta love that, haven't you? Yeah, you gotta love that, and the crowd loved it. I don't um, know if he meant to. <laughs> if it's just the emotion, but who cares? It could be. We'll talk about the the big pop for him as well when we uh, come to the main event for this. But yeah, Oscar Bianca WrestleMania thirty nine thirty nine. Jesus Christ. Right, second match of the evening for Elimination Chamber was Big Bob versus Big Brock. This one, I I got a win on this one technically. Yeah, but um, not the way would would it be the way you hoped. No, this was a strange finish to be fair, and it was quick. This was under five minutes long, which I think it needed to be in a in a weird way. It didn't need to be like I know it than 10 doesn't, minutes. but it's what's weird about it is that. I'm not going to be that guy that's like, I'm not going to sit here and nitpick it and things. 
But, but let's do it anyway. No, I'm not. I, it's, I'm not going to nitpick it, but regardless of what people think about Brock, and it is because he had such a long time of kind of having those um, repetitive matches of just like, oh, German, 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 put it up on the screen, and it was just that. Mm. Brock is really, really good. Like, oh, yeah. he's great at selling. Like, he knows what he's doing, man. And I know he doesn't care what anybody else thinks anyway, but as a fan, I enjoy Brock when he's in there with people that he works really well with because he does bust his ass. It, it, Bob, has been, it has been usually like the smaller guys. but It's, it's always normally... It's actually Bob, pretty much exclusively but, smaller guys. Since he's come back, apart from uh, Cena, but Bobby Lash is probably the only one he, the only big guy he's had a bit of with that effect you've been interested with. Yeah, but but that's what I mean on, like, on the flip side of that. Bobby Lashley's also a great worker. Oh, yeah. And I just don't understand why... We're not seeing more of it. I don't get it. They're all kind of like... They've all been weird finishes. Yeah, because the first one at the Rumble last year was... Roman. Roman. Roman and, and, and Heyman. And Heyman, technically. Turning on. So that's what you take away from the match. Like, the yeah. pop was really for that. And as much as there is, oh, yeah, Bobby's won his title back, It's it wasn't, like, the biggest takeaway, weirdly. Um... Because like it, play, it played secondary to to Brock. Brock in the Rumble. Yeah. Like and like what was that? An hour later or something like that. And then the second one, of course, that takes place in Saudi Arabia. Um, Bobby Lashley goes in as the face, gets booed, then starts yeah. working heel, which I did like, but that was another one that was a bit. It didn't have a dusty finish or anything like that. But if I remember right, that was the one where they did the Bret Hart finish. Kind of. You know, like the run up the ropes and... Yeah. Sort of... But Brock lands on top, not like in a pinning combination. Well, that's... Yeah, but it's because it's he was in the hurt lock. Yeah. But I mean, like... Um, so you got that. And, you know, that's that's okay. That's cool. But And then and then this one's just flat out DQ. I, I get kind of why they've done it, like in terms of like it makes Bobby look strong because Lesnar was so desperate mm. because he couldn't break the hold that he, he had to resort to it. But again, it kind of goes with what you're saying. Like, if Bobby's meant to be the heel, yeah, be a was, heel. That was the heel. Like, Lesnar came across more as a heel than Bobby did. Um, it's strange. I think this is. It's only under the microscope this one because I think a lot of us fans waited so long to see Bobby and Brock. Yeah, because it was like even even if it was MMA or whatever, we wanted we had this vision of what we wanted to see this match be. Maybe yeah. if we got it five years ago. But then, but different. then the argument is that if you got it five years ago, Bobby is more seasoned now. Yeah, Bobby, and and can probably do you know what I mean? So it's, like, it's a weird thing because it is funny watching Bobby Lashley two thousand and six when he's oh. brand new and he's. Kind of over with the fans, but not as he is when he... Because his impact run was really good, from what I saw. Yeah, and I think he puts a lot of that to MVP yeah. in general. And that's why, obviously, him with MVP Doing works, again in, works yeah. so well. Um, yeah, that, that was a really bad start with the Sam, Funny enough, with Sami Zayn feud. When he came back. Bobby's sisters. And then he beat Roman, and then it didn't, didn't lead to anything for a long time. Now, he's... It's just like a very, it's like what it's like the impact run was now in WWE. Yeah, we finally got there with this second one, but it, it was it wasn't the most auspicious of starts. Like Bob, said, yeah, do you remember who Sammy, one of Bob's sisters was? 
yeah, it was uh, Max Caster. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. It's <laughs> <laughs> mad, I know. The world, world wrestling, man. But yeah. That and obviously Lana, the whole Lana thing. Ah, yeah. God. But yeah, that's that's that one, I guess. So I would have said after that match that... Um, I would have said, well, that mania then? But now obviously we're seeing these Bray Wyatt uh, sort of backstage vin- well, vignettes, are they? But like... St- I call them seg- I'd call them segments. Well, the, the whole show's made up of segments, isn't it? But yeah, like a, yeah, like a promo type segment thing. And I don't know, I don't know. And he's kind of like picking a fight with both of them, but it felt like it was more so Brock on the last SmackDown. I, I don't, don't know. I don't think Brock wants that match because do you remember they were going to have a match. Oh, it's not really his choice. Wait, do you remember they were <laughs> going to have a match at like was it like Fast Lane or Roadblock before Mania Thirty Two? Yeah, and but then they changed it to a handicap match where Bray was in because Bray was injured. Yeah, and but- then they. It's nearly 10 years since. ago, man. I reckon that... I, well, I wouldn't mind seeing it if we do Brock and Bray, but then it depends on if the rumours are true that it's going to be Brock and Omos. That's what they seem to be building for, but I had I would have, I had the idea... Or I thought I was going to get the idea of Brock and Bobby tagging against Bray and Uncle Howdy. That is one idea, but now I've got another idea. Oh, hello. Which is, I think... We should talk about the next match. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think... We could see, this is really out there, but I think we could see Bobby and Omos team together mm. as part of a new formation of the Hurt Business. Again, MVP's been doing those things. You can see them in the background of promos and on Raw. I think they team together to take on the team of Brock and Bray. Okay. Really out there, really weird. I'm not saying that's necessarily good booking. I'm just saying they might, they might do it. I guess, but I don't know. We'll see. Could I talk about the Wyatt Six again? But we, we don't know. What are we going to see first? Do you think the Wyatt Six or the Sinister Six from Andrew Garfield's Amazing Spider-Man films? Spider-Man Four. What? Um, <laughs> <Toby McGuire. laughs> well, yeah, maybe because we, we are getting another MCU Spider-Man apparently, but. Let's go off topic again. What we we know off topic. We said we was going to just talk some shit. I know. <laughs> um, oh, well, let, yeah, go on then. Go for third match. You smash this one. Fair play to you. You know, I'll give credit <coughs> when it's due. Well, I was going to until you just coughed at me, you piece of shite. Um, <laughs> talking shite. <laughs> this one. <laughs> Edge and Beth Phoenix, the grip couple, defeat the Judgment Day, made up of Finn Balor uh, and Rhea Ripley. It was accompanied by our boy Condom. Oh, the, the heat on Dom is so funny. The crowd, like, fuck you, Dominic chants. Yeah. And, and then when he runs away, because Beth's trying to get to him. I just, Dominic is, I, I don't know how this, this happened. And I kind I also hate Dominic a little bit. I don't. I'm going to tell you why I hate Dominic for a little bit. Go on. Dominic Mysterio, obviously the first time a lot of us, I, I would have thought, as wrestling fans... Would have seen Dominic was obviously during 2005's angle, Eddie and yeah. Ray and I'm your puppy, Dominic, and you know the ladder match and everything. And he was just this little kid with his Cody Rhodes hair. Mm. Um, that's Dominic, and now here we are. We're seeing him absolutely crush this, like like he's been in this business, which I suppose he technically has been around the business his whole life. But he's yeah. crushing this like he's been in the business for 20 plus years. He's 25 years old. He's younger than me. Yeah. He's definitely younger than you. Yeah. That makes me sick, and that's why I hate him. It's very easy in life to hate people that are younger than you and successful. 
I want to say that's most of wrestlers nowadays. It is me. though, isn't it? Yeah, Dominic though. I every everything Dominic does is so entertaining, and he's just he plays like the. Do you know what? Like I, 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 I see a lot of Dom, uh, of, of him and Dominic as Bobby Heenan, mm. from like the perspective of you see just a heel who's just a cowardly, um, just you know that they're going to get beaten up if if someone could get their hands on him. But he's he's at the, they're doing a good job with like rarely being like getting the face being able to hit him mm. because Rhea always steps in. And stuff, and Rhea's like menacing, and that's doing really well for her persona because, like, the men, even men, aren't going to take Rhea on, and it's just it worked. The the dynamic works so good, but Dominic is, um, man, Dominic is something else, and yeah. I really cannot wait for this when, this when match he, with when he got, Ray. Yeah, when he got chased out early on, and then it's like, I nah, nah, it. nah, nah, and then he comes back, it's like, oh, for fuck's sake, he's just he's so good at it. He's perfect, yeah, and he know he just knows, and it, everything from his facial expressions. Like to him, just like whining, like "Mommy, don't talk to Mommy that way." <laughs> he's just, he's great, and I love watching him. But it's obviously, it's not just him. Like the the whole everybody in this match, you know, he's not even in the match. But like everybody in this no. match, um, but he is, is added to this angle. But he's involved. With another one of my favorite moments when I think uh, Finn's about to do the uh, Coupe de Gracie, and it's a bit off camera, but you can see Dominic just jump up and hit the ropes because Beth's thrown him into the ropes. Yeah, that's that's great. Um, there is, uh, there's a bit of I don't. Well, this isn't just on Dominic. Hmm. This was all through it. I hate to, I hate to do this because again, I've said this before. Uh, we're you know we're in agreement for this, but hmm. we're not wrestlers, right? It's re- we can't really sit here and objectively cri- criticize when moves go wrong or botches or just you know we can't because we're not in there doing it, and we fully appreciate that. However, as a viewer. I think it's fair that we can comment on how we're watching it and yes. how it how it is when we when it's when we're sat there and be like oh there was just a few bits in this match it just took me out of it a bit I don't think it was necessarily his fault but it was particularly when Beth and Rhea were in the ring together I don't know what it was but there was just a lot of like miscommunication bits and it started from the, from the get go you know like running at the rope and it kind of felt like someone was meant to come off because Beth would then start slowing down like they didn't know what to do and. There was the, uh, I'm pretty sure, was it Beth maybe, I think, uh, Mr. Q to break up a yeah, pin edge, did. had to kick out. Uh, I can't remember what the move was, but then I don't think it was meant to be like... No, well, edge kicks out, but you could see her jump, like, running in, yeah, and I think it, it was... Yeah, he, edge kicked out, but no, it wasn't like a strong kick out. It was like a... I've got to do this just in this case. Because, yeah. And then I think what you just said there as well reminded me, but Dominic um, is meant to, like, you know, call, uh, cost Beth her balance on the top rope and then she mm, I think so yeah it is but it, they kind of do a double take on it and things again like look <laughs> you know, well, these I, things happen and I'm not in a ring but the only thing I'm going to say on it is it just it happened that much in the match that that it took me out of it a little bit I will say there were some bits I, I, I found funny when um, Rhea and um, Beth do the double powerbomb onto one of, <laughs> yeah. Edge and Edge and um, Finn had like look at each other going what is going on <laughs> that, and that's a, that was a cool moment like again you know it's a good job of showcasing two also, strong women also didn't you find I know there's probably more you want to talk about isn't it funny they called it the shatter machine yeah I, I noticed that 
And I, I thought it was cool that they use it anyway, just because I, like it's a really cool homage to FTR. Yeah, who who tra- helped not train it? It sounds like they trained Edge. <laughs> he trained, yeah. But when he was getting back to um, yeah, he to was his return, been able to work in the ring with them. Yeah, yeah. That was that is cool, but yeah, to actually call it the Shatter Machine was was interesting. I don't know if the Shatter Machine was called the Shatter Machine anywhere else though in WWE, like before no, the it revival. Only, it was only their move, I think. Mm. Might have to have a look into that because what obviously it? now it's called the Big Rig. Yeah, I was going to say, what was it called nowadays? Um, but, pro- but there is that rumor they're going to come back to WWE. There is. That was a, a photo that was dropped on Instagram, I believe, or Twitter, or one of the social media yeah. platforms out there of uh, Dax Harwood, little selfie, and in the background, yeah, he had. Um, it was a pi- it was a picture of a whiskey bottle, I think. Mm. But also, oh, it wasn't a selfie. Yeah, was, I think it was a pit of, it might there might be a selfie one, but there was definitely a picture of I think it was, a, it was a bottle of drink. I'm sure there was, and in the bottom corner, slightly, you saw a WWE contract. Yeah, but it, you know, they know to work the the fans, especially on the yeah. internet now and on social I think media. Got, I think the photo did get deleted like not long after, well, it, which makes you talk even more. Yeah, because if you delete it soon after, leave it up just long enough for people to see it, clock it, and then delete it, mm. generates more buzz, doesn't it? But yeah, fair play to me. Yeah, look, this match was okay, um, but it really is a stepping stone into WrestleMania. Obviously, Rhea, I was right in the sense that, you know, if Edge and Beth won, Edge would pin Balor. Yeah. Which is what happens here, because obviously Rhea's not going to take a pinfall loss before Mania, rightly so. Um, but yeah, it was, you know, one of those, about 14 minutes, and it was. Yeah, for, for Edge, that's very short. Yeah, well, yeah. he's had a lot of long matches. Also, I think I said this for Clash of the Castle, but also it's always weird hearing a band doing a song for one group and doing it for another group. Having Alter Bridge for the faces and heels. I love it though. I mean, I any, anywhere you can hear Alter Bridge played on well, a yeah, I know because everyone's singing it like they did at Clash. I know it's obviously less people, but and it's in Canada. But it made me want to see them perform at Mania. We've got to see, before Edge does retire, whenever that may be, and I hope that day is still far away, but he, he probably is like in the, you know, coming towards the end of it, yeah. at least. And he's doing it all on his terms, and that's fucking awesome. But yeah, before like before he does uh, valiantly ride off into the sunset, we've got to have Alterbridge play him out. Or at the very least, maybe his legacy is that if it doesn't happen, then we might be able to get him, get him to see them play uh, Judgment Day out. But I, that'd, but be, I, that'd be funny, wouldn't it? If they actually do, like, because we think it's going to be Balor and Edge again at Mania. Yeah, I mean, it does look like that's the case. Which You think maybe they'll play them both out? It'd be funny. The only thing is that Balor's own, like, entrance music, is he's still got his own yeah, it's not, solo it's not, music, hasn't yeah. he? But that would be cool. I mean, the thing is, yeah, I mean, if you're going to do Edge and Balor at Mania... And if you had Alterbridge play Edge out, you might as well just get him to, you know. I'm, sh- I'm sure they wouldn't mind. I can't say being Helen in a Cell that they wanted at Rumble. And we, talk- we talked about it in the, the Chamber predictions. No, I can't see that. I can't see, but it's going to have to be something. I reckon maybe Last Man Standing again. Well, was I, quit well, I say again, but like it's because um, Edge had Last Man Standing with Orton in 2020. Mm. Yeah. So may- uh, maybe they wouldn't then. But yeah, no, you're right. It's got to be some sort of stipulation. They could potentially do um, Hell in a Cell. They could do Hell in a Cell. They could do, but I can't... They could. They, you know, 
they could. The right time would have do it would have been at Rumble. I don't know though because they obviously Triple H has said that he wants to bring the the cell back in now as that you know drop the annual Hell in a Cell pay per view premium live event whatever you will um, in favour of what which we've been saying for ages and I know yeah. a lot of the listeners and everybody else and fans in general have been saying for a long time which is that look, Hell in a Cell as a match type should be how it used to be which was reserved for matches that reach that level of intensity where look. This has got to be settled in a cell because we've we've reached like you know boiling point now. And I think, to, in all fairness, this rivalry really has got to that point. Like, if uh, I think the only thing that's probably stifled it somewhat, which they've again they, they've worked it into story, mm. which ironically is kind of what adds to the you know what makes it personal. But it's just because Edge has sort of gone away a couple of times in between it. Yeah. So you have those sort of periods of not downtime but um you know if edge isn't actively there it's difficult to build that feud further but then like say for example the way that they did it with the i quit match at extreme rules was great because that visual of you know edge having to quit to protect his wife and then he just smashed her anyway yeah you know that's that's cool and that's personal but in a weird way the hell in a sound match should really be edge versus really <laughs> <laughs> But yeah. or at least Rhea versus Beth, but... Maybe they'll swap. Maybe Rhea will take on Edge in Hell in a Cell and then Dominic can go for the women's title. Because he had a, he backed down from Charlotte Flair on SmackDown. He did. Oh, I'm calling it now. Main event, WrestleMania night one, Dominic. Did you, did you Condom see... versus Charlotte Flair. Yeah, did you see um, Andrade <laughs> saying, yeah, you don't want to take a slap from <laughs> <laughs> She's the real mammy. She's the real mammy. Uh, I don't know though, but yeah, this was a stepping stone, and um, on the road to WrestleMania, so we'll we'll see what goes uh, goes on from there. Uh, second to last match of the night. This was the men's elimination chamber. This was for the United States Championship. It saw our current reigning defending champion Austin Theory taking on Damian Priest, Seth Freakin' Rollins, Johnny Gargano, Montez Ford, and Big Boy Bronson Reed. Austin does. I should have stuck to my guns with it. Austin Theory retains mm. thanks to some shithousery from Logan Paul yeah um, can we just before we get to that Montez Ford I said we're going to do something insane and I was right oh yeah and he did and it was that was really cool yeah I liked was it, it te- was it a shooting star or was it technically a splash just it's a just test. kind of a dive wasn't yeah. it or as a, how did Co- uh, Corey describe it on commentary it was like it was like a dropping a bomb Onto the. Did he say that? Yeah, and and I think it was I think it was because it was in relation to uh, Montez being a former Marine. Yeah, I don't think they've ever mentioned that. No, but they they do mention it on the broadcast for this one. I I do like uh, the fact that they were kind of building Montez as this like you know like he's going to do this and he when he wins the US title he's going to call it the US Championship because it's for all of us and yeah da da da. I'll be honest, I think. Just to, I'll give you real, real quick my bits on this one. Okay. I'll let you break down all, all the rest of it here. But um, everybody in this match, what I really, really liked most about this was everybody had a good shining moment. So if I just go one by one, Bronson Reed went and did exactly what we thought he would do and he smashed everybody. I like the fact when he put, I think, who would he, he try to put for the chamber pod, but it didn't break? Damien Priest. Yeah. And yeah. considering someone that size didn't break it, but Raquel Gonzalez with 
Nicky Cross dead. I think it's just it's just unfortunate. Sometimes yeah. it does, sometimes it's, it doesn't. It's unforgiving, isn't it? Well, it's bulletproof. It shouldn't be breakable. <laughs> well, it's, it's not actually bulletproof, though, is it? But well, I don't think it is. I don't think anyone's tested it. To be fair, don't get Arn yeah, Anderson. You, yeah, can you imagine if you just did that? <laughs> you say it's bulletproof. Bang! I love the. Oh shit! It's a shit <laughs> yeah, no, that's that's a bad no, way to start. You don't the show. want to do that. No. Yeah, the I, I liked Bronson's uh, reaction to when it didn't break. And the crowd was like, one more time. And he just like, give him the, you know, like, nah, absolutely like not. Like a heel should do. Yeah, like, exactly, like a heel should do. Um, but Bronson was super impressive. That cool move, he didn't, he hadn't long come in, but he's got, uh, I think it was, it might have been Gargano and Rollins. And one or the other anyway, he's got one in like a, uh, like a rear, you know, Scorpion Deathlock position. And yeah. then he kind of like Uranagi slams one of them onto the other anyway. Like that looked really cool. Um, but yeah, th- like he had a good moment in there. I thought Priest looked great. Like this was like the best I'd seen Damien Priest in a long time, yeah, in ages, yeah. Because it, it always feels like he's the background to the the Judgment Day. I think that's it. Yeah, I think that's exactly and right. He's from a US champion. From no, a- well, I mean, you know, look how much buzz was around him when he was teaming with Bad Bunny a couple of years back. At yeah, Mania. And that should have propelled him. If some- anything, it feels a bit weird, but like. I guess it's more just from an on-screen perspective, though. Like, we're probably not seeing as much of Damien Priest on-screen as we could have done. But I don't think... I wouldn't go as far as to say I think the Judgment Day's hurt him. He was the first recruit. Yeah, he was. No. But I, I, I genuinely think, though, you've got to remember, like, factions always end with somebody turning face. Yeah. Like, it, you know, it could <laughs> it can happen. But, yeah, Damien looked great here, and it was a really good reminder of just how, how good he is. Um, but he was the one, weirdly enough, because Bronson was like devastating in the match, but it was Damien Priest that came across the most dangerous, I thought, in it. Like, he was the one that, like, whenever he was sort of around, like, something bad was going to happen. He just presented a good sense of danger through it, So, which, which I really liked. Um, Theory played his part really well. Um, you know, he's he has that point, you know, every time he's trying to get in the ring, someone was punching him and knocking him back out. And again, like, he's got that down to an art form now. Montez Ford, probably the most, um, I don't want to say surprising, because it's not surprising, because Montez is amazing and we all know that. But eye-opening, I think, similar to maybe Damien Priest, but we already knew what Damien Priest could be like, because we have seen it before. For this, though, because Montez is like, you know, he has been in a tag team for such a long time. Yeah. Now seeing him in this environment on his own and, you know, he got a good pop, even from his entrance, like he got, he's got it down. He's got it down mm-hmm. again, like Austin Theory to an art form. Where I was looking at it, I was like, man, yeah, they really could, like, in terms of like mid car title for a, a singles push, Montez would be great face for that. And then see how how he goes with there. But you know, I don't think that the ceiling stops there for him long term. No, wow, he'll climb it anyway and jump off it. <laughs> exactly, Montez Ford. Honestly, I really think got to watch out for it. Well, I remember, I think, I want to say it was the first SmackDown when they had a full crowds at the pen, um, in like 2021, wouldn't it have been, yeah. And he had a match with Roman Reigns. Mm, yeah, kind And you could tell by then how good he, how amazing he is. And... And, that, and that must have been like a big thing because you think as well, back in uh, 2020, it would have been the same for all wrestling companies that were still having to put a product on, but you're not really going to know exactly 
how somebody's going to be perceived by the fans because the fans haven't been there. And you can't just trust the, the opinions of people online as to, you know, oh, this is how the whole wrestling community feels. Mm. It's when you're actually in there watching it live and getting that, that live immediate response and feedback. So it, it was surprising because I think a lot of talent from the lockdown period may have been surprised at sort of how they were being received when the fans were coming back in. Because it is, it's very rare, rare nowadays to see, well, any any time really, to see a tag team wrestler, someone who's considered a tag team wrestler because they're always in a tag team as yeah. a singles wrestler. Because how many times really when Edge and Christian or the Dudleys or the Hardys did you really get to see for a long period of time when they had singles matches? When was the last time you saw... Angelo Dawkins in a singles match. Well, yeah, exactly. But I think the focus has always been... The, the thing is with the tag team is that there's always usually focus more on one than the other. Oh, yeah. There, There is, you know, and whether or not you, you break them up. And I, and I don't think every tag team should always end in a breakup. Sometimes it is just cool to just be like, look, we're going to go our separate ways. You can still have them both as face and whatever. Like, It doesn't always have to be a falling out. Um, has that ever happened, though? No, well, it has, but... It just feels like every team... Maybe not so much with WWE, but... It just feels like every tag team in WWE has broken up. The only one, the only one I can think that did was SCU, but obviously now that Kazarian's in Impact and Daniels has the odd match here and there on AW and uh, independent shows, you just don't get like a good story of a tag team just breaking up. No. I, I think... They, I suppose, if they do uh, break up Street Profits in uh, a volatile manner, you know, so you're going to have one turn hill on the other. Then, at the moment, it makes sense, I guess. Like, you know, you can run with the angle. Uh, Dawkins gets jealous because Montez is getting all the pushes and blah blah blah. But you know, what you don't want is for because Dawkins is great in his own right, but it's just it's Ford is going to he's just front and centre. Yeah. So what you don't want is to have the, you know, what everybody always calls the Janetti. You don't yeah, want him to be the Janetti. Yeah, especially and with, just be lost to the wayside. Yeah, because we're getting that now with the breakup of um, Toxic Attraction. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm I'm going to be the Shawn Michaels. You're going to be Marty Janetti. <laughs> just have a match. We'll, find, we'll decide. We'll decide who's <laughs> the, who's going to be the star. Even though everyone loves JC, uh, doesn't love JC Jones much of. Gigi Dolan. Well, there you go. We'll get to that, but maybe another time. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, and then finally, Seth freaking Rollins, Johnny Gargano, obviously the two men that started it out, mm. and they had just, where they would keep coming back to their stuff between each other throughout the match, I thought was awesome. You know, the bit when they're sat up on top of the, the pod together. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was really good. That's something I think we could definitely see down the road. But obviously... As we said, the match ends. Austin Theory steals the win. Logan Paul distracts Seth Rollins. Final two come down to Seth and John, uh, Seth and Austin Theory. Logan Paul is because he gets in the ring and he delivers the um, buckshot. Buck uh, is he the best at doing it? He he's blown his knee out, so <laughs> probably not. No, <laughs> um, it looks great. I'm wrong. I'm not going to throw shade on him for for that. Um, but no, I mean, he's blown his knee out, so Hangman is the best at the Buckshot Lariat. He's not injured himself, to my knowledge, doing it yet. 
Well, way into the Texas death. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I guess they're they're running full on with Logan as a heel now. Because how does the chamber door open again? Was it because of the Montez? Because um... Montez was selling the stomp and the, the finish. Ah, that was it. Yeah, selling the stomp. And he was they they had um, like it was like three or four minutes of like trying to get him out of the ring, and deservedly got the applause he deserved. Because it was a great performance. Yeah, which was cool. Because at first I was a bit like, oh, it's taken a while. Like, you yeah. knew that they were setting something up. And sometimes you kind of go, oh, man, like, this is making it really obvious. But it, it didn't feel that way there. Just because it, it that, actually that time allowed it to marinate. And yeah, the crowd give uh, Montez that kind of, you know, that, that applause at the at the end of it. Because a lot of people actually thought Montez was injured and hurt. Yeah, that's, that's, how, that's how good of a seller he is. Well, there you go. You can't fault him for that. But I think it was Brian Zayner said this. How could people miss Logan Paul when he's had that yellow hoodie? I know, yeah. I think I, I like the fact that they're going to lean into Logan being a heel. I think that's exactly what it should be. It, to be fair, look, it worked for Saudi yes. against Roman. But Roman is the top heel in the company. So... Logan should have been cheered, really, to a degree. And, and in all fairness, he 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 wrestled. He worked a match where he was clearly the underdog. That was the story the whole time. But he did it in a really, really good way, a really entertaining way. In that match, he wrestled like a babyface for the most part. Which wasn't he? Con- it wasn't in his contract to have a uh, a face run. That's what people say. I don't know if it's true though. Well, he did with Miz, but then that's because people don't like. Well, the, the fans aren't like going to cheer the Miz. But they did. Uh, Miz will be one of those, though, one day. Like, I think if we didn't see the Miz for a while, he's one of those I think would probably benefit from a well, absence makes the heart grow fonder situation. Yeah, he hasn't done a movie for a long time. Didn't, and well, Marine. Let's he, do the Marine 110. Well, let's he do it. can't be in it. Why can't he be in it? Spoiler his character died. No, you in can't the, say that. What if, you didn't allow enough time. You said spoiler and then just said it. Now, if there are people out there that really just starting the Marine franchise, really into it, well, 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 best films they've ever seen, and you've just ruined it for them. Yeah, but Shawn Michaels now is the main character. Is he actually the main character now? Well, he's in. He was in the last one as like. Oh, a... he was. Yeah, but he, that's what. Yeah, but you said had long hair then. Yeah. God, you actually still had hair yourself. Yeah. God, that was a while ago, wasn't and it? And Becky Lynch was the bag. The bad person. Yeah, I do remember now. Yeah, for some reason I got that mixed up with um, uh, what was there was one with um Austin in? Not not a Marine film, Condemned. but it's, it's a film. No, oh, do you know what it is? I think I'm getting it mixed up with Expendables. One because I, I whatever it is I'm thinking of, Austin was a bad guy. Oh yeah, that's bad. And, I, and, it, and it wasn't Longest Yard. <laughs> no, film. no, he didn't die in that. Well, he does die now, but not in a um, yeah, in a death. That's a good film. I think he's just shitting himself. I think he just shit himself. There's other quotes in there as well. I'm not going to say them. but <laughs> No, because... Yeah, you have to think about that, yeah, isn't I think it? Is there any line that isn't Austin... Yeah, there's no... It's, it's like, obviously it adds to the, to the film, but yeah, it's just, it's weird hearing Austin say... Uh, well, the line was, "There's a white man plays guitar." Well, we can say that, I think. Which is we? well, yeah, but I mean, I'm just quoting a film, which is, but again, like you still oh, yeah, when we, I heard it, and I was like, "What?" And this quote from Blazing Saddles. <laughs> Blazing Saddles. <laughs> That's a good film. That is. It is a very good film. Mel Brooks' best, would you say? It's up there. Uh, yeah, it's up there as the best. That's what I'm asking. I haven't seen them all. I need to see Dracula Dead and Loving It. 
Oh, I've not seen that. I've not seen that. No. Uh, Robin Hood Ben Tights is funny. Uh, yeah, okay. That's that's a strong Young contender. Young Frankenstein is funny. It is funny. I'd say... Producers Rob- is good. <sighs> men in Tights. Men at Robin Hood Men in Tights. I don't know. I still think I'd put it under Blazing Saddles. Mm. Blazing Saddles has just got... There's, there's just a certain charm to the humour, isn't there? Did, so. you know, uh, did you know, actually, um, there's some... It actually got nominated for Best Supporting Actress. Did it really? Yeah. Wow. Blazing Saddles. Crazy. Who... Best who who was the uh, Madeline Kahn? Madeline Kahn. She was the. Um, it's been ages. Remember the Van Stupp? Was that the name? Yeah, I'll tell you what. If, if you've her, nailed that, I can't remember her first name, but it's Van Stupp. What do you think? So the character's name is Von Stupp. Yeah, I think that's. Um, who, who are you saying the actor's called? Madeline Kahn. Right, let's have a look. And I think the we're opens... going way off topic, but we well, this, this needs is talking our, shit, mate. No, this needs to be answered. Right. Um, if you go onto awards and accolades, there. I'm um, I'm down here now. Starring Madeline Kahn. There she is. Yeah. While we're here, Madeline Kahn. This has per Wikipedia, of mm. course. The source of all correct and uh, factual information. Madeline Gail Kahn, born September 29th, 1942, passed away December 3rd, 1999. Was an American actress, comedian, and singer. Known for comedic roles in films directed by Peter Bog, Bogdanovich, oh, Bogdanovich and Mel Brooks. Including yes. What's Up Dark, Young Frankenstein, High Anxiety, History of the World, Part 1. And her Academy Award nominated roles in Paper Moon and Blazing Saddles. So she was nominated yeah, for the award. Win. Okay, I wonder who did win it. 1974? Yeah. Don't know. Don't know. Mm. Anyway, grappling... So, <laughs> yeah, good match, Chamber, men's one. <laughs> it was. Um, few, few things. I've, um, Bronson Reed taking that Poison Rana. Oh, yeah, God. A guy that size should not be doing that. The funny thing was, it looked even worse on the replay. It did. When they did the replay of it, it was that different angle, and it was like, dude, man, like, you just absolutely just, it's like a accordion, isn't it? Yeah. Just crumples. Um, yeah, it looks amazing. I, I love the Poison Rana. I think the Poison Rana always Rana, is deadly. Yeah, when it's done right, it's the, one of the best moves in wrestling. No, when it's done wrong, you break your neck. Yes, and I've seen a lot of that. I've not seen that broken necks by doing it, but I've seen a lot of people mess it up. It's weird, isn't it? Like, you yeah. think there'd be more, but just because it's a show, that's why they're um, doing the moves. They're the professionals. I think, yeah, Gargano, I think his knee pad is a tribute to his... It's his son, he's got, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, because it uh, there's a behind-the-scenes video on YouTube where... He talks about his, his tribute to his son's favourite show or something like that. Oh, okay. Something like that. Um, also, Montez Ford's mum's and knee was there, and there's a bit backstage where he's saying, I won't do anything crazy. <laughs> he says he scales yeah. the uh, the chamber. Also, and I didn't know this. Did you know? Did you know? Um, <laughs> did you know? That Seth Rollins has been in three elimination chamber matches and has not eliminated a single person. Really? That is an interesting fact. Do you know who else has done that? Who also has that um, statistic? That distinct honour. Yeah, there's one person. No. Wade Barrett. How many was he actually in, though? Because I don't recall him being in many. He was in 2011. Was that uh, as IC champion? No. That was the... That was the... It was... I remember it being Barrett, Drew, Big Show... Um, Edge, Rey Mysterio. 
Okay. Oh, is that the one where Big Show was a surprise? Big Show was a surprise, and it was the one <laughs> where it was the one where Edge and Rey Mysterio had that really good last two. I remember. I think it was like like ten fifteen minutes, or where, it might have been less than that. But mm. um, he was in that IC title one where it was we got where um, the chamber broke, the chamber door broke. Because I think oh. Mark Henry put someone through a, a pod. And they had to um, like do a um, on the spot um, just match. like call it on the fly. On yeah, the fly. he might have been yeah. in twenty twelve, but I don't remember twenty twelve at all. No, I don't remember much. I know, <laughs> going no. back to what we said at the beginning, like I'll remember bits and bobs from certain matches. Well, yeah. we were talking we talked about the shows themselves yeah. at the beginning, but certain matches. The biggest, do you know what the biggest? Uh, chamber moment of all time for me is Ranjan Singh blowing oh, his blowing knee out. His knee, yeah. yeah. So do you remember seeing it and just being like, because we loved him. We did for some reason. We did, yeah, well, I don't know why, but Didn't we bloody know. loved him. And when he fell off there, like my heart broke, because you, you just know sometimes when you when you see something happen, you go, oh man, that, that looked like it sucked because I think it did. But why? I know he was climbing the outside of the wall, but I don't know why he got, why he fell off. I can't remember either. Maybe bit of Carly ran into him, or <laughs> playing Carly. Well, it's easy to do that. <laughs> I don't think it was his fault. My, that, that was the chamber match where Undertaker eliminated pretty much everyone. Wow. But um, yeah, um, who's next for Fairy? Because it was meant to be Cena. Yeah, isn't it? Yeah, I think I would like to see Cena's going to have a match. Um, before Mania, isn't he? Oh, he's, 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 appearing on, he's appearing up the Boston show on March 16th, I think it is. I think let's do it. I think go I all think in. I think it's to do with the game. Maybe, but then like while he's there, let's let's do it. I mean, I, I think... It, can you imagine Austin Theory going over John Cena at WrestleMania? And you tell me that that's not going to be one of those like solidifying moments. It could be. After all this, this talk when everyone was... Oh, they're, what they're doing theory wrong? They're doing in blah blah. No, like they're just resetting it a little bit and changing the course, and it's going to be again like that's one of those things. Just trust it, mm. and you can't deny. I don't think that this has worked out wonders for him. It has, it, and he's looking like you know he's putting he's putting work in the gym as well. Like he looked great anyway. Yeah, but you did. can tell as as time's going on, like he's he's getting more and more just. You know, I, he's one of the again. He's going to be another one of those guys. I think future's going to be built around him. If, if you're not going to do Cena though, I wouldn't mind seeing him and Montez. I could do. You know, and then Angelo costs Montez though. Oh, Janae. Yeah, because it's because <laughs> it feels weird seeing that when I saw that progress in 2018, 2019, whatever it was. That feels weird to say. And go, this is because I knew this was the guy who's meant to be tipped as like a future. Superstar, mm. you go. I can see it, but it's it's. You see what it's like with like a WWE crowd, and how he's doing what he's done in that short period short period of time. It's just amazing. It is great, but yeah, really enjoyable match that one. Main event time. Then we've. I mean, we've gone off track for every match so far, but hey. you know what? It's our show. And if you've lasted this long, you obviously have enjoyed, you know, some somewhat of it. <laughs> yeah. Um, this was the this was the the marquee match. This is what the whole show was built around. This is like as we said at the beginning of the episode today. This was 
what made this Elimination Chamber, I think, so successful. Um, people wanted to see the payoff between Sami Zayn and Roman Reigns in the long-standing blood, um, bloodline storyline. I couldn't get it out. Were you going to say Blood Fury? No, I was thinking Blood Sport. And I was like, that's, not, that's the wrong organisation. Good <laughs> so, film, though. Oh, yeah, definitely. Mm. Yeah, Van Damme. When was that made? 88. It's 89. happening again. We're going to have a look. <laughs> We're gonna it's do one it. of his first movies. Is it one of his first one? It's not these first one, is it? 1988, yeah. What, just, what, what, was, what do you think his first film was? It's probably going to be like a French language film. You need to guess it right, otherwise you get a, a point deducted from your pre- predictions. Wouldn't it be the guy behind the pre- in the predator suit before they changed it? I did read that a long time ago. I don't know how true that is, though. Is he, Career is he from a, the early seventies. Wasn't it? He's, but I think Bloodsport is he Bloodsport. I get Bloodsport and Kickboxer mixed up with like when it when they were made. So, I, well, that doesn't really count. Nineteen seventy nine. He was an uncredited extra in Woman Between Wolf and Dog, huh. which I think sounds like something on a category. Um, somewhere. <laughs> look, look at this. Look, he's right. So, in nineteen eighty four, he was in Monaco Forever, a minor role. And the role is listed as gay karate man. Hey, whatever works for you. I mean, is that I don't. I mean, I haven't seen that film, so I don't know if that's relevant. But it just feels like it's an unnecessary thing. Break in, uncredited extra. Right. So his first. So actually, no retreat, no surrender. Um, he plays Ivan uh, Krasinski, and he's the main antagonist in that film. So that's technically his his first big. But his first starring role is Bloodsport. First star in one's going to be Bloodsport. Yeah, Frank Ducks. Okay, so it is Bloodsport then. Well, first star in role, but it like, it's like how um, Stallone's like a extra in um, Woody Allen movie before, yes, he began, yeah. before he does like Rocky. Anyway, there's no point talking more about Jean-Claude Van Damme because he's, um, he's not really that credible, to be honest with you. Not compared to like Steven Seagal. But I'd like to see that fight. Oh, it wouldn't last very long. Steven Seagal would kind of just grind him to dust, I think. And he'd Maybe. do it whilst he sat down. Was it under siege? Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is um, this is at the point where, if you haven't guessed, like, because I have a really dry sense of humour, and um, I would like to point out to everybody that that's not. I'm not joking. I I genuinely believe that blindfolded and with no arms, Steven Seagal would still manage to punch uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme because he's he's the real deal. I thought it was D'Lo Brown. Uh, D'Lo Brown, he'd get it as well. He'd slap his head back in a place with, no again, no arms, Steven Seagal. You know, Steven Seagal taught Anderson Silva everything he knows. Apparently so. Apart from how to beat Jake Paul, which uh, happened tonight, by the way. Well, Tommy Fury beat... Well, that was... Yeah, and who do you think trained Tommy Fury? Uh, Steven Seagal. Well, yeah. Roman Reigns defeats Sami Zayn in the main event. Who trained Roman Reigns? Um, oh God. Uh, I don't know, Tommy. Steven Seagal. Oh, shit. And uh, Roman Reigns came out with Paul Heyman. Do you know who trained Paul Heyman to run ECW? For, uh, Ric Flair, because he's not going to run money either. <laughs> No, the main event was completely Steven Seagal free, which will be uh, to the delight of absolutely everybody ever. Um, 
this match, like we said, the whole thing was built on this one for the Undisputed WWE Universal Championship. I've got a little bit to say on it, but I've had time to let this kind of um, settle and for, to give me a bit of time because I was I mixed mm-hmm. emotions off the back of this match. Right. I've had a bit of time to think it through, and we've also had the um, uh, we, we got a bit of hindsight behind it now as well because we've had a Raw and a SmackDown since the Chamber yes. uh, show. So why don't you? kick this one off with your thoughts overall on the match because this like you said on the predictions video this is the biggest match of the year so far and it's clearly been uh, well it's clearly worked because that you know contributed to the house and the uh, highest grossing elimination chamber show of all time which was up 54 percent by the way from last year's as per metro nice because um when i was watching this i was thinking as much as i love drew and roman i kind of wish this was what their match was like only in, yeah. the, only in the fact that you had Sammy's wife there and that's the one thing I think was missing from Drew because who did he have in the crowd is Drew married he might be I know he was I know he was in the past to remember Tiffany oh I was going to say because you know who married them Stephen Seagal oh right because um yeah you had didn't you have um Sammy's father-in-law there as well in the crowd. He had a lot of his family there, didn't he? Or was yeah. it Kevin Owens' dad was there? His, his wife was there for definite, and, and I think that was his little daughter. Yeah, because you had... Because Roman running off like, I didn't want to do this. It was, we that's family. was awesome, man. That yeah. was great, wasn't it? And yeah, and she was, she was firing off with Roman like, you don't have to... You didn't have to do this. Mm. And that's the one thing that was missing was the match with Drew. Yeah, she didn't have that... You um, didn't have, like, the emotional connection with someone there. Yes. You yeah, carrying Cross throwing a water bottle and missing. Well, but my... Two <laughs> yeah, that's true. Mind you, though, I think what you need to probably bear in mind with that as well is it technically wasn't really Drew's hometown. No, like, but it's it was, the closest it was, we're going to get for what The we're going to get, but it was, it, you know, it wasn't even the same country. Mm. You know, we're just sort of saying, like, United Kingdom as a whole. And, yeah, I get that, but... You know, yeah, Drew was, is very clearly Scottish and we were very clearly as far as I'm aware and trust me I'm aware because it took long enough to get there <laughs> we were in Wales so yeah plus you can't compare 60,000 to 16,000 no and also you've got to again like we, we, because we, the we had Roman chance were louder <laughs> definitely yeah. I'm definitely on camera we just had the benefit of, of being so psyched for having something like that which we'd not seen since SummerSlam 92 yeah like that was the most I think that's that was the connection was more us as the fans for everything like just the the, the the idea that we're getting to see this but yeah like it was more of a personal thing and also you've got to remember I guess like Sami Zayn um, Roman like it's been a much longer building storyline that wasn't necessarily building towards Elimination Chamber a match there it's just it's just been a long thing that snowballed like Drew's rivalry was really manufactured just for the purpose of leading us into clash it did really you know that that was really what it was for wasn't it but mm. um i get what you're saying i think just to touch on the um sammy Zayn's wife though and kid in the crowd i've got to say like that really added so so much more like i know from what you're saying but like it was it was because of how good, like, his wife was. Yeah. Like, um, facial expressions and things like that. Like, it was so believable. And maybe it was. Maybe it was all just, you know, real. Maybe, maybe like, Sammy seems like the sort of guy, maybe he just didn't tell her anything. 
and she's got to watch it along with anybody else and she doesn't know if he's going to be winning the title or not like you know who knows I haven't, but, seen, I haven't seen it yet but there is another behind the scenes with Sammy uh, okay but I haven't seen it so I don't know if that's no I haven't seen it either so that maybe that question's been answered on there yeah. but um, no it was awesome and again you know I always enjoy um, the fact that you know like kids can come along to these shows and just like just be so engulfed I know that's different because it's her dad and things and that and again like that was awesome and it really makes it but you know I think kids really just enjoying shows in general just makes me think back to being a kid mm. and enjoying wrestling and I never had the um the opportunity to go and watch any kind of wrestling as a kid live no I never it's all did. on tv you know so that's so like I don't know like it's cool just you know that they've got that, that opportunity but yeah it makes it but the, you know, it takes five minutes to even get going yeah and you think that's not that shouldn't be possible in today's wrestling. I wouldn't have thought so but we said we'd come to it Obviously, SmackDown the night before was also in Montreal. Mm. Now, you are not... Oh, I would say you're not a fan, but you 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 think that the music should have been... Yeah, they should have played Sammy's old music. Well, played Sammy's music uh, on the night of the show, not the night before. Because it's been great where it's just come out not without music. Yeah, I guess you kind of needed, it, but the thing you kind of needed it to happen, have like the, the music because you had needed the pop. But it would have been a it, to me, it would have been greater if they had just done. If you had like a lower card heel do a promo and Sammy interrupts instead of just having uh, Sammy coming out. But it, it it works, and there's nothing you can do about it. I enjoyed the fact that it's just back in general, and I think having it on SmackDown, that was... I agree, it would have been cool if it was like happening during, you know, like, Chamber itself, but... But it would have been... It, it's, it's a pop, and that's what you get. Well, it was, but that's the thing, though, wasn't it? Like, it was way more than a pop on SmackDown. Like, it was, like, Sammy just couldn't talk for how long? That, that was like five, ten, five. It reminded me of that the Elias promo. Oh, well, when he gets booed. Yeah, but obviously, yeah, obviously the flip side of it. But it reminded yeah. me of that. I thought it was great. Genuinely, I thought it was great. Um, but yeah, the the match is storytelling wise. My little slogan, apparently it's my slogan now, okay. which is if you know if something's worth watching, just go and watch it. Um, there's only so much talking somebody can do about it. I think you, you have to experience the match, to be honest with you. Mm. Um, I just, for me, because it's all leading to the end of it, isn't it? And we knew we were going to get involvement from the bloodline. We didn't get the screw job, which is, you know, I'm very thankful for because I, none of us wanted that. Technically, it was, but not in the same way. Well, it's screw, but it, it wasn't yeah. like the screw. Yeah, you didn't, the match wasn't stopped. Also, can Roman Reigns not hand someone a chair and turn his back to them? <laughs> I know. So this is the thing. So to do a quick rundown of it, um, of course, most most people that are going to be listening to this would, would have seen it. But for those that haven't, um, we do get to the point. Jimmy comes into the ring and uh, he's trying to help Roman. So there's been a ref bump. Jimmy comes in, sort of costs Sammy there. Another ref runs down. Oh, how convenient. Mm. <laughs> and then 
Uh, Sammy stays in it for a little while longer, and then that ref is down. Then we've got two refs down, and now Jay comes out, and we're we're reenacting the scene from Rumble, as you're saying there. Roman's giving him, but even down to like the face pushing and and, and shoving him and it, stuff. It was like um. If you deep faked Sami Zayn, if you deep faked, oh god, that's a touchy subject. You can't go there. <laughs> no. All right. Okay. If you, if you, no, no, you see, yeah, but it is. But it was like, yeah, you could have just like just uh, superimposed uh, Jay's face over Sammy from Rumble because yeah. it was the same scene playing out, and it did get me a little bit. I was like, are you going to do the same thing? So like, surely not, and they didn't. But it did look like he was going to swing at Roman. Yeah, but and J- but Jay, I don't know if it is being talked about that much because I, I try not to look at too much of what people say on the internet just because it's depressing sometimes. Yeah, but, but sometimes it's not easy to miss. <laughs> I know. But the thing is, like, I, I don't know if it's it's um, talked about a lot or, or what, but Jay's facial expressions, I think, are some of the... And Jimmy, actually, especially after SmackDown. Jay and Jimmy, like the emotion that they can convey through facial expressions. Yeah. Uh, if it's not, then it should be absolutely uh, be awarded, which will... Don't worry. We'll well, his Oscar's it. coming up soon, so... I was going to say, we're, we're coming to some awards in a minute. Um, yeah, no, he, he sold it with a face, and he gets the... Uh, he gets an errant spear from Sammy, doesn't he? Yeah. And then it's... Ultimately, though, it is still uh, a, a, a dirty win... Which I haven't got a problem with. I mean, the heel wins it, dirty. Like that's that's be. yeah, exactly. I think it was just deflating, understandably deflating for the crowd. The only thing that for me at the time, and I was really scratching my head. And any anyone listening probably knows exactly what I'm about to say. You probably know exactly what I'm about to say. Is how long it took for Kevin Owens to come out, and the fact that he did it after the match, because my immediate reaction was, that's stupid. Because you think you have you got Sammy helping him, really from getting a better from a bigger beatdown at Rumble. Mm. Well, so look in retrospect, and they've had that that promo on Raw now together as well. Yeah. Which again, we've got the the beauty of hindsight now, where where we know that that promo has now since happened, which helps to explain further why it went down how it did at Chamber. And um, but could you imagine though if they had done the promo because Raw was still in Canada wasn't it it was in uh, Vancouver I think I think it might have been could you imagine if but it would have been a bit too early but could you imagine if they like did the hug and imagine that pop anywhere if they, they're going to do it they're going to do it I think they're going to no hold where, off on it aren't they yeah, but, but whenever they do it it might be like a week or two maybe two weeks before um, before Mania they're, they're very fortunate in the sense that, obviously, you know, we've said before, but Canadian wrestling fans are always passionate about their own. Mm. But they're very fortunate, you know, ha- having wrestled worldwide and made names for themselves and, you know, they're beloved basically anywhere they go. So they're going to get a huge pop, I think, no matter where they go. Mm. Apart from some of the places where, like, honestly, you could probably pull your head off and some people still aren't impressed. But <laughs> as long as it's right. not turning a place like that where it's, you know, it's wasted on them. Definitely. Um, but no, look, because the promo between the two and it was very much Owen saying like, you know, he's he still doesn't, I guess, hasn't really fully forgiven Sammy. Because mm. the, the only thing for me, yes, yeah. I know, right? But like, this is where 
I sound bad now, and I understand this because I said like I said before, like I'm just going to sit back and enjoy it, and I did, and I'm still going to do it. But the only thing for me that still needs addressing is that I'm not. I still I don't really overly buy Kevin Owens as a face anyway. I think that's my biggest thing. So this isn't like yeah. the storyline as a whole, but I just don't buy Kevin Owens really as a believable babyface because he's great. Like I, I enjoy him, and he makes me laugh. So I guess to that token. He kind of is a babyface, but he, the whole story of Sami Zayn, Kevin Owens, remove Ring of Honor and everything else. If you're just looking at WWE, Kevin Owens makes his debut essentially by being a scumbag to Sami. Sami just wins the, the NXT Championship and then gets power bombed on the ring apron by Kevin. Yeah, and you know all throughout, like Kevin's been sort of the main heel, even when Sami Zayn first turns heel to help Kevin Owens during that um, rivalry against Shane. Yeah, hell in a cell. You know, it's it's because of Kevin and da-da-da. So, ultimately, like, no, that doesn't really make sense. Like, you don't get to be... Do you know what I mean? Like, you don't get to be angry at Sammy. Like, all the years that you stabbed him in the back for, storyline-wise. Yeah. And he... And, and you know, in storyline, Sammy, if anything, was protecting Kevin Owens the whole time. That's literally how this whole thing come about. So just for me, the only thing that, that's, that doesn't really quite work is that I just, I'm just i not buying into Kevin Owens as a babyface because I'm not sympathising with him. And even at the Rumble, it was awesome, mm-hmm. but people sympathised with Sami Zayn getting beat down. Not so much Kevin Owens. When Kevin Owens was getting beaten down, people were sympath- it was more of a case of how is this affecting Sami, where is it going to go? I didn't really feel like a sense of I feel sorry for the good guy. If that makes sense, yeah, it does. So I don't know. I'm just I don't really overly buy into Owens. I don't mean to this be like a super negative thing because the match is fantastic in terms of storytelling, which is always above everything else. The match didn't need all your again big flip flop moves and everything like that. The raw emotion from the crowd alone made this match. But like did, we said for five minutes at the beginning, didn't even need to yeah. touch. There was parts where it did feel like Sami Zayn, uh, like 2016, when he's doing like the 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 top over the top rope yeah and he dive teases and, to go through the he doesn't actually hit that does no he? Roman Roman does the uh, I think yep does the uppercut punch. uppercut isn't it yeah, yeah. um he, he he did he sold yes so well and that's why I mean I sympathise with Sammy in that match because it just looked like Roman was so dominant I don't think it needed Kevin Owens to come out to try and help Sammy during the match I think yeah it, but it's in Canada yeah where was Solo wasn't there, was he? Because I've only watched. No, he wasn't. No, because that was a weird part for me, watching it. Because I watched it on the. I think I watched it the Tuesday. Cause I wasn't able to watch it in like, any other day. Before, before that, but um, it just felt weird that way. My favorite part of the aftermath was when when Paul Heyman gets in and does the the clubbing blows to Kevin. <laughs> yeah. Am I right in thinking he said? Screw him when he's playing at Roman in the corner. I, he might have done, actually, yeah. And then gets a decent stunner, not the best stunner. Well, you, Heyman's not going to be... No. Do you know what I mean? He's but not. I did like the fact on Raw the next night, uh, well, the, well the, later on that week, um, he's in a net brace. Which is but, great. But he wasn't, I don't think he was in a net brace at SmackDown, so... No, well, yeah, but you'd... Yeah. yeah. Look, you've got to give Heyman some, some credit here. I mean, within the space of what... August to February. 
How many? <laughs> this is basic mathematics. Eight. Doot, doot. This is base, basic mathematics. When it, didn't it seem like a nine-month build? Ah, uh, well, between SummerSlam and uh, Elimination, I nearly called it No Out. An Elimination Chamber. He's taken an F five through through an announce table. That was amazing, though. and that's why we didn't see him at Clash. And then, um, uh, then yeah, the stunner there. So you know, Heyman again. Heyman doesn't need to be taking bumps. He's not in ring. But he does anyway. Yeah. And it was, in all fairness, you know, yeah, it's never going to live up to McMahon's bump at Mania last year on the stunner. Well, we'll, we'll, we'll get to that in a minute. <laughs> but Probably. yeah, look, I, I get why they did it. It's just it confused me at the time. But in hindsight, I see how it makes sense. But I just I just don't overly buy into Owens as a face. So I'm still happy just sitting back and watching everything play out, though. Because I'm, I'm just entertained. Yeah. So. Also, it didn't help when his first face from WWE... Apart from when he debuted, I think he was a face then. Was when he came and helped the new day because Biggie got hurt. Oh, when he came into yeah, yeah, yeah. That, was that like, didn't last long. That though. didn't last long. That didn't yeah. help. Anything. And that's what I mean though, because like all the time Kevin's been a face, he turns on it, and mm. it's like actually I never meant that all along. So like if you are gonna, if you do have long term memory, um, which admittedly, you know, look, I'll say as as you get older, like it does get a bit harder to remember shit. It does, um, but sometimes you just remember stupid things like I do. But it is though, yeah. But it's like, but but that is one of those things that sticks in with me. And I'm just like, I don't know. Like, just Owens is a heel. Mm. He's a heel, you know. Ray's a face. Ray Ray Mysterio is a baby face, and I can't imagine him as anything else other. Yeah, because Ricky Steamboat was never a heel. No, Ricky is always going to be a a baby face as well. And to the same token, um, you- uh, what's his face? Shit. I don't remember him. He was a... <laughs> oh, man. But there are times when a heel will turn face because they're just they're just naturally doing it. Yeah. So, and there's times when you don't want to boo the heel, no matter who they are. I don't know. I was thinking. I can't remember. But yeah, um, that's, that's where we've left it anyway. So it was left on that note. It's in the books. Also, another thing, I like the fact that they, do, they are doing now... Uh, highlight pack videos like they used to do for Manias. Yeah, do you know what? That because it feels old school. It does, man, and I and I love that. It's, that's got to be the Triple H inference. Oh, I'd say, well, I mean, timing wise, it is, mm. isn't it? Surely, I love it. Yeah, because it just gives you that old school feel. Like <laughs> we used to love a good, like, especially Mania. Yeah, like a post Mania music video package was great. Especially when it was in order, not like a random order like they were in the last few years. Yeah, no, it's great. Because like I don't remember this match, like when it because like, it was funny. Like, I think it's May twenty four. Like it starts off in the dark, then it gets light, and then it gets dark again. Yeah, but, which yeah. is ironically actually eventually how Mania ended up being before they put it into two days. Yeah, because it just kept going on and on, which is a bit like how Revolution's going to go, if I'm honest. Yeah, um, for AW, you got an hour. You got an hour long time match, and you got like six other matches. You don't <laughs> yeah. need to. Oh God, let's we'll save that for. We will have a predictions review. Yeah, predictions review. We'll have a predictions video going up on YouTube. Yeah. So we we'll do a predictions video, and then review it afterwards. We will. Well, we'll probably have to review it, but uh, um, we'll do our predictions for it. Yeah. But yeah, overall, Elimination Chamber, I thought was a really solid show. It is. I'll do what I usually do with trophies. Okay. So for those who are unaware, um, I don't rate matches and star ratings or anything like that. I like to be a bit different. I like to be a bit awkward. And uh, what I chose to do was do trophies. So there's a bronze, silver, gold. 
Can, um, I, can I guess it? You can guess them. I'm just what I'll say is there some matches can get a platinum, mm-hmm. or a match could get a platinum, but a platinum is really like match of the year stuff. Nothing gets a platinum here, so I'll say that now. But there's always going to be a gold, silver, and bronze, and they don't necessarily. If you had a really bad wrestling show, there's still going to have to be a bronze, silver, and gold awarded. Oh, yeah, definitely. But it doesn't necessarily mean like just because you know what could be a gold on this show was a gold from another show doesn't mean they're like on the same level it's just th- it was the best match of the night hmm. so yeah gold silver bronze is what we're going to be looking at for this one what do you think got the bronze the women's chamber you would be correct i i, I, I agree with that yeah you would be correct i again like i enjoyed it what about the silver the men's chamber no really you put roman second mm. all right controversial yeah, I know. Actually, if if we being honest with with the match, I'd say it's more of a st- storytelling match than it is of a, a match match. If that makes sense. The way I've looked at it, because I've gone back and watched both matches twice, right? And the way I'm looking at it is the reason I'd give the gold to the men's chamber is that in a few more years' time, the men's chamber is going to be likely the one that I'll go back and watch the most because of you know there's so much action in it. Mm. The storytelling in Reigns and Sammy was fantastic, but that match alone, I'd probably, you know, you'll watch it maybe for some of the reactions and stuff, but um, it's it's still just a part of a bigger story, Mm. if that makes sense. Like, that's one of those things where, like, when they inevitably, WWE will inevitably do a look back on the entire rivalry and you know thing of the bloodline when it's all completely done um it'll be the sort of stuff then that i'd watch then you know back in the day when they'd release like dvds yeah I was like say this that. this whole bloodline thing could be genuinely just like you could just release it all as a film couldn't you um but no it's it's just uh, it's easily it could have been gold obviously yeah but i just enjoyed the men's chamber match for what it was just a tiny, tiny bit more. That was it. Fair enough. That was it. And I know that's super weird, but, you know, look, it's subjective. Wrestling's subjective and everyone's got their own opinion. But overall, yeah, good, solid show. And that's the last WWE show we're going to get. Premium live event, at least, before WrestleMania. Yeah, which is now five weeks away. Five weeks away. Um, quick note on Mania. It's going Hollywood. It's going Hollywood. And we're getting what we thought was a pipe dream. Yeah. We're getting, the, uh, like they did for WrestleMania 21, we're getting the little trailers. Yeah, there's, there was some pre, there was some, there was one big preview, which was um, Seth Rollins as, as Joker from the... Uh, I loved that. Well, yeah, from Joker. From Joker. The Joker from Joker. The, the most recent Joker. Joaquin... Phoenix. Yeah. Well, he's not the most recent Joker anymore either, is he? No. Doing no. another one. <laughs> well, not like another Joker film, like without Wacky, but they're doing... The sequel to it. They're doing the sequel to that, but there's also the. Um, uh, I think they've recast Joker in, as part of like the you know the Robert Pattinson yeah. Batman verse now. Because so. the because the 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 sequel to the Joker movie is going to be the new Harley Quinn is. Uh, oh no, it's gone now. It's um what's the the new Harley Quinn. I'm gonna. I'm just gonna get it up for you now. Lady Gaga. Oh, of course it is, yeah. Oh, yeah, because everyone's saying about this, it could be a musical. It's going to be a musical, apparently. I'm all for it. I reckon that'd be great. Because why would you do... Because why does every sequel have to be the same? It doesn't, but like, I... I, I, Yeah. Bugger um, it, I say. Make it a musical. Let the haters hate. Because 
for for these mania trailer trailers there was like mini clips of some that we might i think we're going to get later on there was the brute uh bruising brutes and drew McIntyre did the 40 year old virgin the waxing scene <laughs> which is we come on it should have been drew it should have been drew it should have been drew damn it um the one <laughs> my, my favorite thing was goodfellas so having bloodline as goodfellas yeah, you had to, to that do that, didn't you? From the shirt of like, yeah, yeah. Um, someone said, "Rear Ripley's doing Stranger Things with the Judgment Day." I've seen a oh, excuse me. I've seen a uh, screenshot of her, like, yeah, in the kind of get up when, yeah. like, as a flashback scene when she's learning the powers as L. Yeah, which is, I know, I know you don't say, "Oh, Hollywood's got to be all movies," but now you're going to TV. Yeah, well, Hollywood's... Yeah, but you think WrestleMania 21 was 2005. Yeah. What's technically Hollywood these days is like, you know, you, if you look beyond film, Netflix is bringing in so much money for yeah. for certain uh, original series on there. You know, And the series kind of is like a new way to, to watch now. Like streaming took over so much. And, you know, how many of us can honestly sit here now and say like, you know, a series comes out, you binge it. Like if it's a good series, like you're been like the the most recent series of Cobra Kai, come out last year. Did it all in a day. Sometimes the whole season, the whole the, the whole new season. Well, how did many, it in a how day. many episodes are there? Oh, in that one, I don't know. Shall I have a look? Because most most American TV shows have like twenty. It used to, it used to be twenty four episodes. Oh no, it's not that. No, but they were like half hour episodes. Yeah, these are only half an hour, and that's that's. You, I, I got you to watch some Cobra Kai. And you wouldn't watch the rest, but you're not really a serious guy, are you? It depends on what they, what it is, though, because I'm not. I've been, I've been meaning to watch The Last of Us, but I've not done it yet. Series five was ten. Yeah, they're all ten episodes. Ten episodes. So yeah, you think that's not much, really? No, like it is. It's, it's super easy to binge. If you if you like have a day off work or whatever, then you can do it. Well, is it just a weekend? You just like yeah. smash it out, and then that's it. Um, next one, I can't really binge it because it's on Disney Plus and it gets released week, uh, yeah, weekly is Mandalorian. Um, yes. Yeah, season yeah. three is coming out really soon. See, this yeah. is what talking shit is all about. Yeah, we're just, this is it. You know, we're veering off from anything wrestling related now. Yeah. We had so much to talk about wrestling, we've decided to talk about Mel Brooks Blazing Saddles. Yeah. And, well, um, going back to wrestling, if you want to. Well, I was going to say, there is another one that you've missed for the trailers. I don't know if you'd seen it, but the... Um, they they've done one with um uh oh my god his name <laughs> why am I I'm forgetting people's names what is happening it's cause it's my birthday's next week you see That's oh it. Miz and Maurice do them Top Gun oh they're yes they're doing Top Gun That's cool. that works with the Miz hmm. um oh that was it yeah um Finn Balor have you seen his one no I thought, you know, I thought Judgment Day would do one all together. No, it's just Finn Balor, and it's like it's just him sat in a chair, and because I couldn't think what the movie was at first, but like he's just sat in this chair, and then people are like coming at him, and he's just throwing them over him, but just literally just while he's sat in a chair, and I clocked it, it was like, oh yeah, that's Stephen Scow. All right, good, but yeah, so that's that executive <laughs> decision. I think that was. I think that was under siege as well, where he's just sat down the whole thing. Um, well, unseized- I don't know what's happened. Like for some reason today, I just decided that I I woke up and I chose violence against Steven Seagal, mm. which I don't want to do because, and- I, like I said, I know that he could. Even right now, if he thought about it, he could probably 
crippled me with his mind. I think I think Under Siege also was an Oscar nominated movie. <laughs> well, but I think that's for like sound or something like that. That is harrowing to know. I but I unironically love um, Under Siege Two because it has one of my favourite quotes. You can... You've watched both of them. Yeah, because Under Siege Two is it's funny because Under Siege Two. Well, the first one is in a boat because he's a commander. Yeah. The second one it takes place in a train. Good so I don't know how you're under siege. Un- in a way. Unreal. But the uh, the funny thing is, that's written by the same bloke who directed The Batman and um, the Planet of the Apes movies. <sighs> Speaking but, of awards... But, we... but, 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 oh, okay, but, go say, on. But, <laughs> siege 2 has my favourite quote, and sometimes I say this, but because there, there's a worrying bit where they say about... Um, it's um they talk about <laughs> it's what's happened to you now yeah. <laughs> <laughs> presumption about presumptions right and the bad the bad guy always says presumption is the mother of all fuck ups oh there you go so I, I love that quote but yeah going to awards well so the awards I was going to say the, the Oscars leads us nicely into um, the wrestling observer newsletter rewards and the Meltsies the Meltsies and we're going to close the show with those but before we do real real briefly um, one thing that came out of Elimination Chamber of course was the little bit of beef Michael Cole threw some shade over at AEW for a tweet that uh, Tony Khan had put out obviously Ariel Hawani is uh, an interviewer uh, um, for well, with a broadcast partner, BT Sport. So he's not directly hired by WWE, but um, obviously he's kind of known now as the the guy that's doing all these interviews with the WWE guys, and they're pretty good interviews Yeah, for those ones. Um, he also has his own show, of course, the MMA Hour. We talked about this on an episode uh, a few months back where he had uh, come out and stated that the interview that he did with Tony Khan was one of the worst interviews that he had ever done. Mm. And that was because Tony Khan had refused to answer anything, essentially, that he was being asked and kind of gave the impression um, that he's just on there to promote, which is what I said I felt like it sounded like as well when I'd watched it. And it is a painful interview. Um, the tweets. I'm going to bring the, the the tweets up now. So essentially, as we say, Ariel Hawani was just shown as he was on SmackDown and he was also then shown on uh, Elimination Chamber the, the night after. And he was also on the pre-show panel. He was. Um, so, after the appearance on SmackDown, of course, we said both take place in Montreal. This is what uh, Tony Khan put out. I'm going to try and find the tweet now. Um, if I can't find it quick enough to save everybody's time, which they've all graciously given us and put up with us so far. Because can we say at the moment it's almost half one in the morning while we're doing this? Yeah, we don't need sleep. Um, no, it's like rumble all over again. <laughs> exactly. Okay, right. So let's see if I can find this tweet. Okay, so you put, you're a fraud at Ariel Hawani. You're as legitimate of a reporter as Tony Schiavone. Hmm. Okay, I mean, what did Tony Schiavone do? Um, Who knows? Ariel claps back. Uh, thanks for watching, old friend. Can't wait for our next chat. In brackets. Also, don't listen to the snowman, Shivani. You're a legend in my books. So, yeah, I think that's the snowman. Hmm? Yeah. 
Yeah. So that got me thinking, I'll be honest. I thought, well, if Tony Khan ends up in WWE just before WrestleMania, they could do the trailer for him with um, Cocaine Bear. What, Cocaine Bear or Scarface? <laughs> Scarface, yeah, maybe. Um, no, he doesn't need it, though, does he? And that whole thing was funny. But yeah, Michael Cole's moment at the Chamber, um, he had a really good moment and, another, and a moment where I was like, shut up, Michael. Um, the shut up Michael moment was where he said Roman Reigns has never been in host- this this hostile territory before. And it was like, uh, excuse me? Clash at the castle? Yeah. Bias though, because again, like it was here, but from what we said earlier and from what Ash has rightly pointed out, um, there was more of that connection with the fans to Sammy. So, all right, we'll, we'll, I'll let you off with that one. But yeah, his, his winning commentary call of the night was uh, <laughs> when they show Ariel and George St. Pierre. Mm-hmm in the crowd and Michael Cole goes and that's Errol Hawani the unbiased world renowned um, reporter um, asking you the hard questions whether you want to answer them or not <laughs> when I heard that I, I had um, I laughed when I heard that I thought it was Sunday 92 yeah. he's going to answer the question whether he wants to or not he's going to win it whether he wants to or not it was that was funny but yeah he threw, he threw some shade um, so Michael Cole does occasionally take time out of his day to stop ribbing and roasting top dollar for not being able to get over a top rope. Which is fun. Uh, well, yeah. Okay, but Tony Khan, he's not going to give a shit what any of us think because Tony Khan is Booker of the Year. Somehow. Hey! Right, let's go through then. So, as of February 27th, 2023, Observer Newsletter, these were the awards ash no do you have these up in front of you as well yes i do at the minute right do you want to go through them we started we've done book of the year do you want to just start with that one there is a lot and i don't think we there's some let's do some ones let's do some big boys rest of the year john moxley i i think maybe let's let's set the parameters for this let's go through it and we'll just give a simple agree or no so yes or no to it if we agree and if we disagree who we would who we would have put we've already given well, we've already done for us but yeah we've already given but obviously we didn't do all of these categories so if we've got some categories in there that uh, we haven't done then go through go through those but um yeah let's go through the main ones booker of the year like, i mean just just quickly on that was it tony khan no we we did company of the year yeah and i think that was based on different again we're probably looking at different things and we every again subjective so you know, it's not necessarily wrong. It's just everybody sees things differently with wrestling. Um, but the reason we would have said, I think Triple H as Booker yeah. of the Year is because how quickly he turned that product around. I mean, got to remember, he only took over around SummerSlam time. Yeah. Was- and we're already well over halfway through the year at that point. And for him to have basically turned WWE around so quickly in terms of making everything like so exciting, I think that made him Booker of the Year. <laughs> but... You know, it's not our list, is it? It's Dave's. So, so yeah, the uh, rest of the this was voted as well by the fans as well. And if, I don't know if Mouser has any, like taboo cheeks, though. I don't know if Mouser has any say or about it, but he, had, he did say he didn't agree with Book of the Year. Did he actually say that? Yeah, I always thought Dave. And I think um, he said promotion of the year. He didn't think AEW was the best either. I always I thought Dave Meltzer had a say on these. He might do. I thought it well, not just Dave, but are, I thought it was wrestling the there are, there, were, there are votes. Don't they contribute to it though? They, they don't. They're not the full deciding factor. I think him and um, what's the other one? Brian Alvarez. Brian, Brian Alvarez, I think, also gets involved somehow. But I don't know. If, I don't know if that's true or not. 
Well, I would have thought it would have been, but yeah. yeah. Okay. So, rest of the year, John Moxley, which none of us, neither of us said at the time. We, I said Seth. I love John Moxley. Sa- you said Sammy, didn't you? It's great. Yeah, but I think it was Sammy's year last year. Yeah. It probably will be this year if they get it right. Well, we'll see. But I, uh, Moxley, not one of my favourites, but I, inst- I, inst- I do understand. Moxley's a, yeah, but he's a cornerstone of AW. He's, they'd be kind of lost without him at yeah. this point. And I hope that he will get his time off that he was promised about a year ago. God's sake, yeah, just let the man rest a bit. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, and if he's not resting, let him come to Scrapper Mania, Tony, for goodness sake. Yeah, you're like Ruby do 1PW. Yeah, get OTT over here. 1PW is great, by the way. I was going to talk about that in this one, but we've gone yeah, on. We're going to, we're done, we're yeah, you, you just wanted to keep talking about Steven Seagal. Yeah, I did. Uh, tag team of the year was Etia. Oh, well, I agree with that. I think we both said that, didn't we? I think we do. Yeah, we did. Yeah. Uh, women's MVP, um, Surai, I think that's how you pronounce the name. We both went for Bianca Belair. Yeah, but we don't watch Japan, so we don't. We're not worthy. Well, I mean, I yeah. Well, I, well, I am, but like the women's wrestling there isn't as it's not the forefront. No. And you know, main main that I I'm really watching is Noah, and I'm picking up some DDT here and there, but um, yeah. Uh yeah. So. We we're obviously wrong. <laughs> uh, now this this award I'm not I don't understand why this is here. The most outstanding rest of the year. What's the difference between that and rest of the year? Most outstanding wrestler of the year. Well, again, I suppose it, it depends. What well, I don't know what their criteria is, yeah. but, but potentially it could be like one could be based on a body of work within the ring, yeah, and just in the ring, and the other one might be just sort of like as a total package. Potentially, but, but winner was the lost Bray. We also won um, the move of the year with the uh, Hidden Blade. The Hidden Blade is devastating. I really, I really like Hidden Blade. It's so good. And and, it's, and again, it's one of those moves where you, you can hit it from any angle. Yeah. And on any one. And it's, yeah, it looks great. Okada and Osprey won match of the year from uh, the G1 Climax 32. That was a good one. And that obviously, obviously when you see like on Facebook pages and everything, like people say, oh, well, this match should have won, or this match should have won. But people, a lot of people have said this match was really good. So my my match of the year because yours was Cody and Seth. Cody wasn't and it? Seth, only because I thought we couldn't really mention that um, Sheamus and Gunter clash because we were there. Oh no, yeah, but we were allowed to be biased. But yeah. it's I think yeah, because mine was weirdly because I do love that dog collar match, but mm. like I said, it was just because it, it was the first time and it felt so special. But Supercard of Honor, FTR and Briscoes was mine, and then God damn it, then like it was like what like a week later, and then yeah, so. That happened with Jay. Quickly. So sad. Uh, rookie of the year, which I thought he had he'd been in WWE longer or AC longer, Braun Breaker. But wasn't, he, wasn't Braun rookie of the year last year? I don't think he was. I think it was Jade. Or maybe Hook. Is he still a rookie? Well, that's it. I don't. It feels like no one knew was coming in to like the main, at least the main companies. Yeah, but it doesn't need to be main companies. I know, but it feels like there's no one new coming in. Uh, I don't know. Man. But newcomer Mercedes Martinez might win it. I don't know about that. Uh, I mean, yeah, is he is he probably still green? Yeah, probably in like the grand scheme of things. But he's that brand's main champion and, and has been the face of NXT for over a year. Pretty much a year. Over a year. And he was in, uh, he debuted NXT 2.0 debut. Which well, was, yeah, and, and NXT 2.0 was basically built around him. That was 2021. Yeah. So, I don't know. I think well, he might, he, did he, he might, do you know what? If we're gonna if we're gonna play those games, my rookie of the year for twenty twenty two was Jeff Jarrett. Do you know what mine was? 
give us a goal. <laughs> oh man! Did you know actually? Little known, little known fact um, that Steven Seagal taught Jeff Jarrett how to play guitar. Okay. Uh, best non wrestler of the year, Paul Heyman. Yeah, um, I, I think that's fair. Maybe. Maybe, yeah. Because non wrestler, non wrestler. You can't call Triple H a non wrestler. Well, you can now he's retired, but he's still wrestling. Uh, <coughs> maybe, yeah. Okay. So what worst. Else? So we had match of the year, which was Okada versus Bray at G One Climax Thirty Two. Mm-hmm. Worst match of the year was Vince McMahon versus Pat again at. Mania 39, 38. Yeah, I I would agree with that. That was because it was so bad. It went on so long as well, and it was like ninety ten. Piss off, Vince. Like five five. Yeah, and then the fact Vince won anyway. Yeah, and I, I, Pat <laughs> Pat has done a thing where he said, "Well, I had a match, and Vince is stronger than you think." So, well, yeah, and I'm sure he is, but also I I didn't want to. It was boring. Mm. Few of the <laughs> few of the year FTR and the Briscoes, which. If you go by matches, yeah, but I feel, like I said to you before we recorded, like they only did like one promo because uh, that's more to do with um, Warner Brothers not wanting the Briscoes on TV. The the thing is with that rivalry though, is it like because they're in ring work and the the story that they would tell in the ring was so impactful that that alone was enough to carry you through to be like, oh my god, can't wait to see this again. Mm. Um, we both said Feud of the Year was Punk and MJF. Yeah, because it which was Which is built. mad to think that was like last year. By this time last year. That's mad, isn't it? It mm. feels longer now because of everything that's happened. But um, yeah, but honestly, I think I probably would have put FTR and Briscoes as a second. And then third, if we're going to do third as, as um, Feud of the Year, it was probably... Um, uh, New Japan like well, against AEW or no as in I, th- I think it w- we would have probably been looking still again at Okada and Osprey okay only only because it's a really long standing thing between those two it is you know, it's actually been going on for a really long time so um, and that G1 climax helped to especially because how good that match was but it really helped to exasperate it further but yeah mm. but anyway uh, so and worst for the year was the Miz Dexter Loomis worst feud yeah there were segments were entertaining like when um, the cage match where Dexter's underneath the ring stopping the Miz from escaping but yeah it didn't really lead to much apart from the money feud how Miz owed him like a hundred dollars or whatever it was mm. it's a weird the only thing is I, I don't know it's difficult to say like what the worst of, of anything is sometimes because you need to have watched everything to really say what the worst was yeah but and to be fair WWE usually win this award so that's yeah but do you know what that's what I mean like I think it's easy to target the big dog the big dog um but honestly like AEW's treading thin water mm. like they really are like they, there's I'm sure there's stuff on Rampage that are like the, the worst feuds. AEW is very fortunate in the sense that like they the talent there always put on wrestling clinics basically week to week. But if anything, this is why Daryl has said this. Mm-hmm. Those listening, Daryl, lead guitarist, UK thrash metal band, Must Kill. They've got a new EP coming out soon. This is not a paid promotion. 
But there, it's very good. Um, but he said the same sort of thing here, but he was, he was basically one of the first people to say it. He switched off from AEW. Two biggest reasons was Ring of Honor stuff, getting too involved in the in AEW's product. Just, it's like, I don't I don't want to have, like, I'm trying to watch it to enjoy AEW. I shouldn't now have to be caring about Ring of Honor. Yeah, now they are doing Ring of Honor. They've done, a pre, they've done pre-taping for Ring of Honor's TV. Which should help. Yeah. But it's already alienated a lot of people. And I, and I, I, I tend to agree with that. Um, again, I liked Ring of Honor, but, you know, we were only a couple of years into AEW. We're still trying to establish what AEW is. Mm. And then he's trying to juggle that with an established Ring of Honor. And it's like, you can't put a good amount of um, focus on both. Like, it's got to be one or the other, you know. Um, but that, and also, look, great wrestling matches, that's great. But there's not enough to keep you watching week to week. If you're just going to see great wrestling matches every week and not really much in the way of story development. And that's why I think sometimes when WWE gets it right, they are the best in town because yeah, it's the entertainment side of it. And again, since Triple H has taken over, they've kind of been untouchable. So AEW's got to change something up this year. They do. But but I'm, I'm just surprised that they don't appear on the worst lists as much as... I mean, I'm not an AEW hater, but I'm Dad. also I'm but I'm not going to. I was completely off of WWE for a long time. You can go back and listen to episodes where I've heavily critiqued it. Um, but I'm not going to sit here. It's not. I'm not being fickle. But the product has changed, and if the product has changed, and I now enjoy it, my first and foremost, what I want to do is enjoy the product. And if the product becomes enjoyable, I'm going to watch it. And if it's not enjoyable anymore, then I'll stop watching it. Instead of going online to bitch about it. Yeah, it's, <laughs> you easy, know? it's easy to do now. Though. Yeah, I know. But look, if you don't like it, don't bloody watch it. Um, get rid of the tribal mentality in wrestling. It's not the fucking Monday Night Wars anymore. Yeah, but keep the tribal chief. We must keep the tribal chief. We must protect him and he must win at WrestleMania. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It just surprises me that they're never really sort of mentioned in the uh, the worst of categories. Was there any other big ones in there? Um, yeah, so... The Brian Danielson best technical wrestler of the year was Brian Danielson. That, that was not a surprise. I don't think that's yeah, that's that's fine. That's easy um, enough, isn't it? You had best gimmick of Sami Zayn. Although I would have said maybe Zack Sabre Junior. But yeah. well, he usually wins it. It's between them two now. Yeah. You had uh, Sami Zayn unreused as the best gimmick, and worst gimmick was the Maxim male models, which I don't think is fair. No, that's not fair. Because I, f- I find I find <laughs> that video so entertaining. Yeah, uh, Takashiya was the most underrated, which people online go well. If you only watch his AEW stuff, yeah, but his DDT stuff is really he's gonna be. That's what I mean. It just depends where where you. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's not an overall thing, is yeah. it? Overrated was um, Ronda Rousey, which I kind of guess with the year she had. I just think, yeah, but you know what? Like, if you're Ronda Rousey, you've already built a big name for yourself. Like, if all wrestling fans are going to do is shit on her, she doesn't even need to come in and do it. She's doing it because she likes doing it and she wants to do it. Do you know what I mean? Like, people give her such a hard time, man, and I just don't understand it. (laughs) I don't. Yes, the Shotzi match at Extreme... um, That was Extreme Rules, was it? When was it? The Shotzi match at Survivor Series. The Shotzi match at Survivor Series was a dud. But... Fucking hell. 
you know what I mean? Like, give the woman a break. Yeah. She's put on way many, like, she's been way more entertaining than she she's, has not been. And I think the stuff with Shane is going to be great because it means finally going to get to see Ronda versus Shane down the road. That's a tag team they can break up while they fall yeah, that's, out. Yeah, that's one that can work. Uh, most improved with the acclaimed, which I agree with. I think they'd probably agree with that as well. Uh, most charismatic was MJF and won. He also won, like, best talker. I, do you know what I would have? I'd have given charismatic to um, acclaimed as well. Yeah, because they, they, that's why helped them. That's with the that's, that's that's what they, yeah, that's what the improvements made. Not that they were bad before, but it's like I think when I, when I'm saying that I think they'd agree with it. I'd seen a, an interview recently on Chris Van Vliet's show, which again, Chris Van Vliet, one of my idols, certainly. Um, but yeah, he does an interview with um, Anthony Bowens. Really good. I, everybody should go and check that out. Anthony Bowens comes across as just a super nice dude. Definitely. Uh, best high flyer. No, I'm good. Now you know how you struggle with Dr. Wagner Jr. I'm gonna, I'm gonna struggle with this one. Do it. Go on. El Hero del Vicino. Oh yeah. Okay. Best high flyer and like because they do like because on the wrestling server was lately they've done like MVP for like America or Europe or Mexico. Uh, he was the Mexican MVP, I think. And like, Moxley was the American. Okay. Rest of the European okay. was Osprey. Uh, well, let me see. Is there anything important I haven't done? Best announcer was Kevin Kelly. Do you know what? Yeah. Because, funny enough, I was watching uh, the Raw where Mike Tyson appears the night after Royal Rumble 98. And for the first hour, the commentary team was Jim Ross, Michael Cole, and Kevin Kelly. Kevin Kelly is... I don't know if he gets talked about more than... Uh, as much as he should, really. Mm. Kevin Kelly's great. He really is. Um, give us one more from the list. I'll, get, I'll, I'll give you the, the, uh, the, best, the best major show, uh, like pay-per-view, whatever. Forbidden Door. Which was highly voted for the best show in second. <coughs> Sorry about that. Uh, Revolution was second. Good God. And I think Mania Night One was the third. Third. Um, it's yeah. mad, isn't it? Like it just makes you think. Like again, I love that people can have different opinions. I really do. But do you know what? Forbidden Door. I enjoyed Forbidden Door. But I wouldn't have put it in my top five. Not for me. For the no. year. I said I think I think so. Mania, apart from Ma- Mania, was the best show I think last year. If you incl- like put night one and night two together, because yeah. it was all part of WrestleMania. SummerSlam and and Clash. I mean, Clash could have been easily at one because we were there, and it was just yeah. the experience is different. But um, oh, I don't know. It's up to everybody else, and it? it's not my. It doesn't bother me. But does, does it impact my life? Worst. The worst. I'm just gonna go and cry to Stephen about it. Yeah. <laughs> the worst uh, major show was Royal Rumble, which I agree with, because mm. the way that the main event was done. Yeah, probably. And the one thing, and the one thing I said was going to happen, and it did. The most disgusting promotional tactic was using Vince McMahon on TV when he was. No, oh, that I do agree with. Yeah, that was bullshit. And the joke of um, Raw winning worst show of the year when Dynamite is never been good for me so, uh, apart from obviously um, I disagree with that Dynamite's good for like oh, the no, Rampage side. I said is it, oh you mean Rampage, oh, I'm very Rampage. I yeah, thought, I thought, I'd agree with that Rampage as a TV product yeah 
But yeah. And what was it? Worst promotion was WWE. I don't understand that one at all. If you, but then again, if you go by average, AEW would have. I suppose, like you said, if this is um, more heavily comprised of the fans that are voting, you know, a lot of the fans that are going to be voting probably, you know, they might be the AEW hardcores. Yeah. Again, look, it's great. I, if you love AEW, brilliant, because we need AEW to stay in business. We do. We need them all to stay in business, you know? So, um, and, and when AEW's good, I enjoy it. When it's not, I don't. Same as WWE, same as all the others. Yeah, not ev- even though WWE has got bad, not every episode of Raw and SmackDown is going to be great. No, of course not. But no, not one person in the world can do that. You know, but that's why we're not booking it and they are. <laughs> no, because we probably would have been Booker of the Year. <laughs> we would have been Booker of the Year, yeah, we'd have booked it in the toilet. Oh. But yeah, that's that's basically all the. Because there's like Book and. Um... The Meltsies. The Meltsies. <laughs> We'll be back again next year for those. Well, I think that's probably enough for today. You think? Um, we, well, I mean, we've just sort of done this on a whim, really. We had yeah. to get something out in February. This is like a John Cena annual uh, appearance now. It is. We had to get something out this month. Um, so, yeah, that's that's us. So, <laughs> you can catch us again in our next episode. We do still have the retrospective look at World of Sport. The old British wrestling it is still going to be coming. I want to do something a little special with it. We are going to try and look at moving some of the podcasts into video format mm. as well. But it is purely time constraints more than anything because me, I have to edit them together and I just don't always have the time to do it. And the, the trouble is with the podcast, if I leave it too long from where we've done it and we've missed, uh, well, not missed, but then, you know, something big will always happen. It, tends to, it happens a lot. It we'll does. do a podcast and something big happens and then it's just kind of like we're already out of date. So, <laughs> yeah, especially the chamber. Exactly. Um, so yeah, you know, it's it, we'll we'll see we'll see what we can do for that one. Because one one thing I want us uh, I've wanted to do more of is the classic reviews. So I was reviews. just about to lead into that, Ash. Yeah. So take it away. Um, there's going to be a poll up sometime. Where's the poll going? On Twitter. I was going to stick it up your ass. Simmons the girl did that. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't need polls, man. He doesn't need. Do you know it. what? That's going to be the. You know how we always have a title of episodes because of something we said. I think I know what this one's going to be. I think so. Do you know what? <laughs> I I want a dream match at Mania right now. This would be my fucking dream. Steven Seagal, Steven Blackman. Yeah, <laughs> Steve Blackman versus Steven Seagal. The winner has to keep the name Steve in a um, Steven Seagal's ponytail on a pole match. That went ages ago, didn't it? But yes, because it's on the pole waiting to be retrieved yeah. by the victor. But yeah, um, yeah, I want we've won. We want to do more retro review, like classic pay views, and um, I want I want to do one on my own for the first time ever for YouTube. Mm. And we're gonna put a poll up on Twitter with you. You pick the four Mac your four shows. Do you remember what they were before? So um, I can't remember exactly what it was that I'd said, but do you want to say? So we, we're going for WCW. Yeah, because originally I wanted to do WCW 2000, but I want to... I, wanna... I just feel like, because this is your first one, and I'll be honest, the, the single reviews that I've been doing for the Noah shows, it's really jarring for me. Yeah. Doing it on my own with no bounce back off of anybody or anything like that, it's it takes surprisingly a long time, like a really long time, to do those videos. And I'm very new to it as well. You know, I'm so wet behind the ears with it. I've got a lot to learn with it. 
Um, even though it's the same one here, like we, it, it is what it is. But we, you, you have to, it's repetitions. So you've got to keep doing it to grow, right? And I want this to improve. I want my stuff to improve. We want all of this to sort of improve as we go forward, so that you know we can really build on it. But it's really weird just being on your own, looking at a camera, and talking as if you're yeah. talking to, you know, like in the case for for the, these no reviews, like at this point now, thousands of people. Yes, so definitely. it's uh it's a weird thing and i think for you genuinely as much as i would love watching you suffer i just think that i really want you to to have the best chance at this yeah. so so you've sold out 2000 d d d malenko <laughs> i just wanted i just think that we again we're going to leave it up to the people of twitter mm. but we need to put two bad ones in there and we'll put two good ones in there. Well, but you know that Twitter's going to vote the bad ones. Well, we tried that with, like, December. Yeah, and it ended up being December to December, and we just quietly swept it under the rug and no, didn't it do it. No, it was December to December. <laughs> it was a draw, wasn't it? No, it wasn't. It, uh, December to December ended up winning. Ah, right. Yeah, we just never ended up doing it. <laughs> so, well, we will do it this we'll year. We'll do it but this, yeah. the, like, the thought of having to watch December to December again, honestly, does make me cry. Like, I weep. Having to watch that again. Then, yeah, because that was a chamber match. Um, but, okay, right, WCW, I'm going to find the ones I said. So the, the bad said ones. Uh, WDC- was it Sin or Greed? No, I said Greed. So it was the greed. last WCW pay-per-view before they closed the doors in 2001. So Greed was one of them. New Blood Rising? And New Blood Rising was the other one. But the good ones I gave you was, I think, uh, I can't remember which one it was now, so I'm just going to quickly check. Based yeah. on the match, because I can't remember some of these. Early Starcade. Was it Starcade 96, you said? Uh, was it 96? I don't think it was. I think it was 95. Oh, no, that doesn't look right. Maybe it was 96. I think Starcade 96. And the other one was um, Bash. 89. 89. Or 90. I think it was 89. Basically. I think you wanted it to be 90, but you said 89 instead. I think, yeah, well, because originally I was going to just go for, like, the classic, um, I was just going to go for Sting and Flair yeah. match, but um, I was also thinking of, of another one. I've just sort of crossed them together. But basically, I think the moral of the story is keep an eye out on Twitter, because the poll will go up on there soon. Um, not been much activity on Twitter recently. Uh, I've just been doing another one of those sort of social media breaks, which I think is super important to take. It definitely is. So, um, yeah, that's just where we've been at. But... Um, we will wrap it there, I think, today. Yes, yeah, before my voice goes. <laughs> we'll, um, I will probably, I was going to talk about 1PW, no turning back show. I might even do a separate thing for that. Um, but that was really enjoyable. But we would like to thank everybody. Yes. Thank all of our listeners for staying with us on the show today. <laughs> if, you, if you've done it, amazing. Do you know what? We'd pat you on the back if we could, but um, we can't, so we won't. But uh, we, will say, <laughs> we will say thank you very much. Uh, is it genuinely it means the world to us so also Oops. big yeah go on because yeah, you, yeah, you were just about to say it yeah, your dreams saying, come true finally we've, finally we've got to the 100 subscribers on youtube which hey. by the time this video this video <laughs> this podcast comes out we'll be like back to 101 uh yeah we're at like 102 at the moment isn't it yeah and do you know what look when you look at some of the youtubers out there you've got like thousands and thousands obviously we want thousands of subscribers but you know, reaching that first triple digit is like a real cool thing for us. Mm. You know, when we started out just with like nothing at all. So yeah, that's so cool. We don't get anything for it like you do for like a hundred thousand. 
uh, you need a thousand subscribers and things start monetizing and stuff anyway but you know i mean that's cool one day but like it's, it isn't what we do it for we just love doing what we're doing so you know we really do thank everybody everybody for your support whether you're only on youtube your podcast or if you're both so thank you very much once again we will catch you in the next one mm. do leave us a five star review if you listen on apple or spotify that is really really nice and helpful it is and um yeah give us a subscribe on youtube and a few thumbs up mm. stick a thumb up ashley seriously go Stephen Segal. Leave Stephen alone. You, you started it. it. I well, yeah. We will catch everybody. It's <laughs> two o'clock. One. Come on. <laughs> Nearly. <laughs> Nearly. Everybody stay safe. Be good to one another. And we will catch you again very soon. Yes, we will. Yes, we will. Don't know when. Revolution predictions. Yeah. It's gonna be a revolution, actually. And it's gonna be twenty hours long. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>